Hello, this is Pumpkinberry, but you may know me as Narrator Vindin. Thank you so much for tuning into this story. If you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate and review. It really does help us. And for more content like it, you can visit our website at tablestory.tv. You can also find easy links to follow cast members and tablestory.tv discord to join our active and wonderful community. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome to the Kingmaker's Roundtable. Where's Dan? <laughs> <laughs> He's lighting He's incense. Cat poop. <laughs> He's cat, yeah. He's cat Seconds before this. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I just, he, I looked Dan? up and then you were gone. Um, well, we got the cat's review. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Kingmaker's Roundtable. What we're going to do today is, I don't think we, we usually have a bot uh, that you can submit questions to, but we're not going to do that today because I don't think it's working right now. Um, but what you can do is pop your question in the chat, but at me, uh, Pumpkinberry, so that I see it and grab it and, and set it aside. We're going to try to answer as many questions as we can today. Um, you know, obviously we'll do our best. We're not going to get every question, but we will try. Um, but we're going to start with, did you guys decide which question we were starting with? I think Miranda's was good. Yeah, Miranda's yeah. was oh, really good. Okay. Merg, you yeah. want to do that? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, yes, um, please, Miranda, go ahead. My question... Oh, wait, 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 to... wait, Merg's... Yeah. Do you, can you raise your gain, or... Oh, yeah, why... Because I can barely hear you. Oh, you're very quiet, yeah. So are Hello. you. Can you hear me now? Hold on. Jack is always um, quiet. Oh, I'm quiet? <laughs> See, for me, everybody's fucking quiet, and I don't know what's going on. Oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh. Sorry. Sorry. Uh. Sorry. I saw it. I saw it on the fucking meter. Is everything okay? How about now? Merge, why don't you say is something? Is this okay? Yes, perfect. Yeah, is this better. okay? Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello. Um, my question to the whole cast was... Did you learn something from playing your characters? And what was it? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go. Can you guys see the screen? Let's start oh, with Faye. Yeah. Yes. This is so. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Clockwise. Is that okay? I was going to yeah, say no, every fine. question we rotate. Because that's the show, right? Oh. Clockwise, counterclockwise. Oh, but that's like way that. too much fucking pressure. So just say, and then we'll go around clockwise. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of like uh, Estrella, I learned a lot about um, utilizing trauma as kind of like a tool, um, if that makes any sense, and utilizing it in order to transform it into something positive. You know, like uh, a strength, whether that be mental, whether that be physical, anything of that sort. Man, that's rad. Have you done that since? I'm working on it, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all work in progress. <laughs> no, share a really personal uh, moment in the last year or so in which you've done that with us. 
<laughs> what are you, my therapist, Bradley? Yeah. Jesus. Uh oh, fuck. Brad doesn't feel well, so look out. Today is going to be a time. Yeah, but no, there's no. No, I could say anything. Uh, oh boy. Sticking diamond. Just be Love ready it. to just whenever. You know. Just get ready to eat him. Uh, so, Drac, you're up. Me. Hi. Um, what's that about? Um. I learned that I'm better role-playing than I originally thought I was, I think. Um, I got <laughs> Episode one, way, Drag. way yeah. more mm -hmm. in this show than I've ever been before. Um, I will always go to the first episode finding out I was going to be on the like, front page cold opening, seeing my loved ones be murdered in front of me. Um, and I was very nervous. I didn't think I could do it, and I did. You and did. And I kind of like... Immediately was hooked that cold open was cold as well, dude. Yeah. That was yeah, smashed it. Um, so I think we I almost think had our favorite um moment be the question to open with, and that was going to be mine, by the way. Yeah, Fuck and it was you, also going to be, be mine. mine. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just so good and so unexpected, and nobody really knew you or anything either, or at least I didn't. I, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect or anything. Not like everyone's being judged or anything, but it's like sometimes someone does something amazing and you're like whoa and then you immediately have to you, then you have to be like oh fuck here we go i have to raise my game great <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would 10 out of 10 would sob uncontrollably with you again oh i would love that, uh, <laughs> that hyperventilating, i'll be honest not only it was acting i was just really anxious and nervous as well <laughs> some of it just real nerves it's like i'm on the front page oh fuck um but yeah, I think that's what the biggest thing I learned. Um, and I also learned that I enjoy playing the um, angry character, I guess. <laughs> I enjoyed, like, once I, um, I had, like, the rage kind of thing planted in um, Razzaroth, I was like, I kind of enjoy just going berserk sometimes. I like, it's just, it's kind of fun. Um, so maybe that says something about me outside of game, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think those are the things I kind of learned from this. Yeah, I think you and Fade definitely set the stage for the entire, like, the mood for the entire show going forward. Yeah. I think, like, you know, no pressure now that it's happened, but I mean, like, uh, I think there was a lot riding on that first scene and how the rest of the mood and the feel of the show would go from there because it's all yes and, right? So it's all following on from one thing to another. And I think, yeah, you and, uh, you, you and Fade just destroyed it in the best possible way. Piss bump. I'm not good at taking compliments. I forgot. It wasn't a compliment. This whole group is this way. <laughs> Forget it. Oh. I, I, I'm going to say something. I knew you could do it. I knew you. I role played with you. And I was like, I had a moment where I, I feel like I knew when we were, when we all met together and, you know, we were doing our character creation and stuff like that, that you were really nervous. And I, I thought to myself, well, the only way I know of to really kind of like get rid of that is to literally just shove you in the deep end and go, <laughs> all right, let's go. You're on the front page, by the hey, way. Hey, you guys. Hey, guy, open up I the mean, fucking show for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I started, that is how I started streaming. I had extreme stage fright and social anxiety, and I was like, I fucking hate this. So I'm going to start streaming and just be in front of people and do it. Um, so I guess you could tell and it worked. Um, 
It did. Incredible. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny, you're up. Um, what did I learn from playing Titus? Um, mm-hmm. I learned I could probably use about 50% less breath play in my role play. Um, mm-hmm. I learned I really liked playing a tortured character. Like I would find myself all the time, far too frequently, like wanting to record screams or gross, grotesque torture sounds and send them to PB. And I'd be like, hey, if, if you want these, you could just use them wherever. Like if you just want me screaming in my shack in the woods, that'd be that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> on an actual serious note, I think that a big thing I learned from playing Titus was nobody is ever going to understand you as well as you understand yourself. And I think it gave me a little more insight into who I am as a person and just who I kind of want to be or continue to strive to be. Um, Because, you know, the big theme of Titus was never feeling understood. And I realized that uh, it was a cool lesson to learn. I also learned spiders aren't that scary and spiders are super cool and have so many cool uh, features that I didn't know about before the show. And I'm no longer arachnophobe. So pumped about that. <laughs> Amazing. Brad, you're up. Oh, yeah. Um, what did I learn? I learned... Um, you know that show we watched, PB, Miranda, and maybe other people have seen it, Halt and Catch Fire, when, yes. and that guy in it. Um, what do you mean I that his name guy in it? What's the... Joe, the, yeah, Joe McMillan or Gordon there. Clark. <laughs> I like, I fucking yeah. love that show so much. <clears throat> Joe. Yeah. Joe, I feel like Arifir was Joe in this um, yeah, because he's caught between being the best at his like craft like he wants to be the best mage ever and he's told that he is naturally gifted and should be um, and uh, he's caught between that and just living a normal life um, and just you know having a husband and you know having some kids and not having to be the best you know just it, being whatever that is doesn't have to be anything um and i think um i was looking i remember when i made the character i was thinking about how he would potentially be jealous at the others because they were brought up with each other and they all had friends and they were all brought up in the town and everything was whisked off to a tower and that would make him um that would the the two things that came to mind or was like well he would want attention he'd want to be the best at something he'd want validation you know he'd want to be like every time he's brought to town he's like look at me look at me look what i can do i'm special um and also he would cover just that downtime just sitting and hanging out with friends or you know you know drinking a cup of tea with whoever it was you know until eventually obviously it became rasroth um and so um yeah, I was fascinated with that, and uh, I think a lot of us, probably everyone, has that same feeling. Sometimes that work-life balance, uh, where you're like, I haven't spent enough time doing this, or you know that, the other. I went through a horrific breakup during this, and I was like, oh, I wonder if it was because I was working too hard, or maybe I didn't work hard enough. And so I thought about that a lot during this. And the hilarious thing is I got no answer from it. So really, I don't know if I learned anything because Erufir got to to uh, to become the best at his thing. He becomes a post-human god creature and also becomes, uh, you know, gets to spend his last few days with Razroth and just being a normal human with no special abilities and just, he's just gets to hold his boyfriend's hand and hang out and, and that's it. Um, 
but I don't know if it's a, a lesson or anything, but it was something that I found uh, myself thinking about and mulling over a lot. And I th honestly, I think I don't think that there is an answer for it. I think that's the answer. I don't know if there is a balance. I think it's a thing that you just struggle with <laughs> forever. Um, and you probably have to come up with your own answer, um, you know, or find or discover your own um, balance. Um, but that was something that I think um, I, I, I was trying to think about and bring to the character every week. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't. I have no end to that. So that's the end of my sentence. Wonderful. I have COVID. Our goals. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, when I made Jude, I kind of like set out on this uh, challenge to kind of like I wanted to challenge myself to experience a level of like stoicism and emotional control and distance from the things that are happening and um, discipline because I struggle with all of those things a lot. Uh, and I kind of wanted to put all of that into her and see if I could find a way to access that stuff within me. Um, and in some ways I did. Like, I think I learned that discipline, while my whole life I kind of viewed it as this like really negative thing that was enforced upon me from other sources or um, authorities or something like that, um, I actually kind of learned that uh, discipline is kind of like a form of self self-love for me and that the idea of like leading a disciplined routined I don't know life is kind of a very supportive thing to do for yourself so that was very cool um yeah, discipline but I also learned yeah sorry to interrupt you but no uh, this yeah. is a really nice thought that you've hit on here discipline isn't uh, necessarily negative it's not punishment it's not restriction yeah uh it's, yeah exactly it's other things or it can be other things and i think a lot of people assume that it is you know restrictive yes, yeah. or punishment or there's that negative connotation there and um discipline uh in the way where it's a gift for for those of us who to especially grew up in a yeah. chaotic environment all it is is just yeah. safety right it's just exactly here's your safe routine that you can rely on yeah blah 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 and feel safe in yeah yeah I, I really learned that playing Jude because Jude was that regimented kind of and getting into her mind in the way that she thought of those things um it wasn't coming from a place of control or punishment and I think that that's kind of something that really changed my perspective on it for her right yeah 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 and strength but also like yeah just like I don't know, a, a level of inner strength that I aspire to. And the other thing that I learned that I think was really important was I endeavored to play a very stoic sort of like Knight's Code uh, character who had a difficult time um, expressing emotion or anything like that. Um, but eventually through playing the character on the show, I realized that really the only thing that we have to communicate with each other is emotion. And at some point I had to decide whether to let go of the idea of um, that distance and that coldness in order to actually communicate with everyone and to really make an impact and to like, you know, share. And I feel like that was really uh, a powerful lesson as well for someone who really tries to, you know, 
<laughs> tries to keep everything on lock but can't uh realizing that was was a really beautiful thing yeah anyway that's me maya um what have i learned from kingmakers i think from your character specifically i think right right from my character specifically and not from the show itself i, I guess i mean either right. whichever you want to answer but i think it was um you know did you learn from your character originally no oh next oh <laughs> nothing <laughs> um <laughs> i think narratively um through lear i learned about how to trust um rp is a lot of yes and it's a lot of you know like going back and forth and creating a story with people but like i think that because of the nature of lear and the fact that you know he has jude and he has vega and together they are kind of like one unit um you kind of had to like think of him less as an independent person at least for Lear himself, being this royal who's been coddled, who has these people to be his crutches. It was an interesting kind of like thought process to try and make Lear dependent on these people while at the same time not making him too much of a wet blanket, you know? Um, there was an interesting balance there at play, I think. And, uh, you know, like it made me appreciate my fellow role players more just because of like, you know, how I'd have to, you know, like uh, go about that sometimes, you know, like... Uh, I think all in all, I mean, just thinking outside the box in general, um, being able to think up reasons for specific things on an emotional level as well was very important and uh, definitely something that I learned more with Lear because most other characters that I play, you know, like they don't have this sort of intrinsic bond with other characters, at least not from the outset, you know, and so having to think about other people that way is kind of something that for me it also allowed me to think about that in my everyday life and how maybe perhaps i affect other people and they affect me so i think it was kind of like this recursive thing that i was just like you know learning more and more as i went on with this which is you know cool as a thought process and exercise otherwise nothing perfect <laughs> thank you thea bean oh hmm did i learn from vega I think I kind of, Vega went on like a really big journey throughout the whole series. Like she was a very, uh, I designed her to be a very peppy uh, character that was supposed to be able to uh, help bring an energy if it needed it. But obviously the story was quite dark from the outset. So it, it did make it difficult sometimes to be that character that was just like, no, guys, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. But she went on a really, really big journey and she ended up being uh, very different in the end to how uh, she started out. Um, and I think it kind of, there was a weird thing that happened where, like, out of character, you were aware of, like, the fact that there was a cast here of, like, seven, eight, nine, like, how many other people in every single show? And you, you want to give everyone space to, to just have their own RP and, and convey what they need to convey. Um, and I, I think there was just a point where I realized that it's okay. It is enough to just exist. It is enough to just not have to feel like you have to drive something or, like... Uh, be more than uh, your character is and, and to just let your character to just stop and breathe and it's something I learned too late actually because I did feel the pressure throughout the show to like towards the end after like Vega became like the apprentice to take that role of Erefir and continue being the person who could guide everyone and would know the answers and I try to play into that a little bit with like Vega like I don't know the answers and I don't know, I'm, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing either um, and then that sort of allowed me to look back and see like Everyone else needs to have that opportunity to 
do something with whatever they would like to do with their character as well. And um, I don't know. Patience. She taught me a bit about patience, which is funny. Um, <laughs> because the character was not designed to be a patient character. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I'm tired and sick. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's cheating to ask Dan and Aaron, but it's open if either of you want to answer the question. Dan, would you like to? I, I, I do have an answer, but Dan, oh, would you like to go, go for it? Go for it first. You're ready. You're ready. Go do it. Okay. Um, I learned I can answer any existential question thrown at me within seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that about you too. I was very impressed. Johnny, what's the difference between fate and destiny? The spelling. <laughs> I literally, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I think that, and I do appreciate that. I, I think that, um, what I learned is, is sometimes trying to play a confident character can give you a lot of confidence um, because I knew that this person was supposed to be this person. So I couldn't come in ho-humming. I mean, I did a lot of, you know, ridiculous things to try and not answer. Um, but I, it, trying to do that and it also matter and dropping little things and trying to be this weird sort of existential uh, weird guy was really difficult um, and, and and being able to come in and, and, and go you know I have no choice you, you have no choice you have to you know you have to portray someone that just knows so much and knows when not to say anything um, along with that my favorite thing that you guys did um, you're like tell me straight and I was like shit okay <clears throat> Sure, I'll tell you straight now. I had no choice. <laughs> but I but yeah, I think that um going in with the mindset of playing a character the way you hope to play them, that matters so much. And I don't think I ever realized that. You know, playing you know, uh Drac, you you're talking about um so I had social or well, I do have social anxiety disorder. Uh, I started streaming fucking years ago because of that to try and work through that sort of stuff. And, and it's, it's sort of that thing where you just hit the button and then you go. Um, I don't think I ever realized how much tabletop is that. You just, that button goes and then you go. You just, you have to be that character. Yeah, you'll find the stuff along the way, but you have to be that. I don't, I just never realized it until now, <laughs> how much that matters. And that's it. Thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so... Everybody went around and answered that, right? Everybody had a chance to... Yes. Okay, awesome. Except for you. Dan. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan. Jeez, sorry, Dan. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> punch me. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, no, I had something. It was really short because I was here very shortly. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I learned that uh, no one will ever trust any character I play. Yep. Uh, no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it is just doesn't matter what show, I will not be trusted, uh, despite That's not true. Uh, potential. Ray was trusted. Right? Yeah, I mean, that was a one shot, like, and then he died, so. Ray's okay. Uh, Ray's okay. Ray's okay. What? He's okay, right? Yeah, he's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Uh, but no, more seriously, uh, it's a little bit kind of like what, like, Aaron was talking about. Just, just a bit, like, I had to go in trusting that 
my character from two shows ago would fit into the vibe. Uh, as he was made as a comedy character uh, for a one-off within a show. And so I'm like, this show is ridiculously serious. It's dark. Like, I've been in that kind of thing, but I'm coming in as a as someone who's not serious. Like, serious, but deflects with humor. And is that going to fit at all? Or am I just going to be kind of really out of place? And I had to just trust, like, okay, PB wanted me in here for a specific reason for this character to kind of do info dumping. But I don't know. I... I was able to walk away going, okay, no, I can I can trust myself more as a role player. Uh, I've got experience. I don't need to worry as much as I was doing because uh, I was nervous. <laughs> it was coming in near the very end of a show and having to be the person like Aaron to just be like, here's info, but also in character <laughs> and make it work. So, yeah, that was that was neat. Um, I wanted you uh, to come and play Tim. I had always hoped, and we talked about this, Dan, uh, with KPP, but our schedules never really aligned. I wanted to do six-episode short series with Tim and Andrea. Andrea, which KP- yeah. Yeah, which was KPP's character. Um, and I wanted that to happen before this for reasons, right? To tie everything in together. But uh, because I didn't get to do that, I went, oh, you know what? You know, I'll, like I'll have him come in now. It won't be quite the same, but um, but yeah, we were trying to get KPP, but it, her, her work schedule uh, did not allow her to arrive for a 4 p.m. show, but otherwise she would have been here for a couple of episodes too, which would have been neat. Um, neat callback to that, but anyway. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do now, otherwise this will take nine years for everybody to go around, I'm going to throw out a question. If you guys um, have an answer to it, um, you know, just jump in. Uh, and answer the question. If not, uh, you know, I'll move on to the to the next question. Um, okay, the first one is um, for all of the cast. Is there? Are you happy with your character? This question was asked a couple of different times in different ways, so I'm just bundling it all together. Um, are you happy with their character, or is there anything that you wish you could go back and play out differently, or is there anything that happened to your character that you would change, um, and how do you think it would have affected the game? I'm super curious. I'm jumping in. I've I have since it happened been so curious about what Jude without a soul would have been like because I knew instantly that Jude knew that she could live without a soul and um because it, she was just very utilitarian about it. She like didn't think of it uh as like that deep, I guess. Um so yeah, I I always think about like what would Jude without a soul be like? Uh yeah. Anyway, fucking awesome oh okay I think I mentioned this before um one thing I would have changed if I understood the system because like I was kind of yeah. like understanding and learning the system <laughs> as I went along and I was like I don't I'd never played with um, PB as a GM so I was like how far can I push what I can do uh, I really hit my stride with Ra- Red Razroth when I was like okay this is what I can do yeah, yeah. if I'd known that earlier I would have built I <laughs> would have built my Razroth <laughs> as just that that would have been his whole build it would have been great I'd have loved it um, not that the Razroth I played it was bad um, but like I've I always enjoyed like I like teleporting I think I think <laughs> the idea of like teleporting 
in a fight is ridiculously overpowered and kind of underrated when it comes to like quote-unquote superpowers or powers people have um for like fights and i just really found that fun so i think that's like one of the things i would have changed if i could um and and i think the other thing i would have changed honestly i think i would have liked to have um had rajov accept the name sun eater as his code name instead of soulbinder i think would have been an interesting thing narratively to accept that um especially with the kind of almost devilish form he takes sometimes when he gets angry. Um, I thought it would have been pre a pretty interesting way to reclaim that. Um, so I guess th those are like the two things that kind of stand out at the top I of my head. I also really like that because if you think about the fact that you almost killed Jude twice and she gets turned into the sun, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, God, that would have been good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, speaking of Red Raz, perhaps maybe I would have liked to have played more with Lear's, uh, Lear's Greatsword, you know, like, uh, the fact that he had a couple souls in there, um, I think that maybe perhaps, you know, like, uh, if the show was longer, like, he would have been, I would have, uh, perhaps, you know, uh, maybe perhaps used it as some sort of prison, I don't know, or like, you know, uh, again, soul-oriented, just kind of work around that. I think also, as far as Lear goes, um, initially, when I had Lear planned, there was always supposed to be, like, this character dependent on, um, you know, these two wards to kind of keep him on the straight and narrow. And a lot of that was, for the most part, uh, just kind of, like, internal. I just, like, I'm acting the result of this thing happening. Um, but, like, without, um... Without Jude, without Vega, um, Lear was supposed to kind of be, by default, kind of like a Joffrey, uh, Baratheon, Lannister kind of deal. You know, he's, that that's kind of where he is, because how, how, how could you not be in that kind of situation when, you know, like, uh, you have all of this around you, and it's only through tempering through Jude and Vega, and I think I regret not letting some of that slip. But uh, it's one of those things where, as an actor, I think that I was just a bit limited to try and, you know, like, get in there and get out and, like, you know, uh, it, it, it requires a bit more um, collaboration, I guess, on my heart, on, on my behalf and trust. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, maybe perhaps making him more seemingly evil? I don't know. Uh, just... I, I've recently got a taste for bad guys, and I, I was wondering whether or not Lear could be a good bad guy, you know? But, you know, anyway. Um, also, yeah, that's about it, really. Other than that, you know, like, Lear was a very, you know, like, we, again, like Brad's Rose said, we had quite a few, uh, you know, like, uh, couples and stuff in here. I, I, I was playing with the idea, like, just when the question came up, hmm, wouldn't it have been interesting if Lear threw a spanner in the works somewhere? I don't know where exactly. I don't really think about this stuff very often, but it would have been kind of funny, at least for me, to like be a third wheel or something, you know, and <laughs> either a third wheel or like a, so some sort of thing, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, get in there, get out there. I don't know, man. Anyway, that's me. Sorry, I, I sh I'm talking too Wait, much. Like, the whole time we find out that Lear's been um, bullying a roof here because Lear has a crush on the roof here. <laughs> <laughs> 
love triangle. <laughs> it runs oh. in the family. Why don't you kiss me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Shimmer, that stuff can really do. Enemies to lovers. Um, I, I kind of had the same thought as Drak did, but not exactly. I think a large part of my character in this campaign was failing roles, um, which I think led <laughs> to a lot of great role play. So, but like I had skills that I used one time through the whole campaign and <laughs> I don't regret it per se because it, it shaped the character in a lot of the story. So I was very content with it. But I think if I'd go back and knew, hey, you're going to use magic a lot, I might have just magic dumped but either mm -hmm. way it's not really a regret just something that i um thought about something else that i thought about from a narrative perspective is i wish i would have leaned into titus's resentment for becoming a ward and i did this kind of intentionally to mirror uh vega jude and lear because when you look at the two groups they're kind of very opposite um that group always had their shit together they had battle formations they they were organized they were soldiers and our group was kind of like the dysfunctional Brady Bunch on the other side of the world. <laughs> and I, I think that something really cool about what's being a ward is, sure, it looks really awesome to have a shiny sword and a magnificent suit of armor, but getting taken away from your family at a young age to become a ward is a very traumatic and uh, drastic thing. And I think something that I wish I would have leaned into more is how uh, Titus misses his family, his home, and uh, living a normal life. You know, I, I think it's a, a cool thought to hunker down on, but that's me. Yeah, that's it's so interesting that you say that because now reflecting on this group entirely, you've got you've got the resentment for Raz from the entire population. You know, you have your resentment, you know, and then we've got Estrella, who's also very resentful for uh, in a couple of different ways towards Titus, for one. Uh, at least for a little while and then you know also you know internal struggle there too so that's interesting i i hadn't clocked that before oh yeah our whole good. side was very emotional yeah overall i would say yeah structure versus emotion interesting mm -hmm. for me because i didn't think razor would be emotional <laughs> but then I, I guess i kind of set the standard for myself as well in that first episode because i was like oh he's like breaking down I guess it's just this, like, who he is. Um, and it kind of like pivoted the idea I had of Razroth at the beginning. And seeing everyone else, the wards kind of mirror that as well. I don't know, it felt right. And I thought it was kind of fun seeing the how opposite the two groups were in that regard. Unless that was Razroth's like breaking moment or maybe just the whole group's breaking moment. Like up until that point, maybe they were a lot more structured, but our side because Eru was on that side even though he wasn't one of the wards that like being more emotional we were immediately hit by trauma train yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, and that was like, the bond at that, that point yeah 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 so uh, I have so this isn't necessarily a regret or like a m more of a missed opportunity because it was something that was in the back of my mind when um, I guess we learned about death magic and we were thinking about how to utilize it, and I hadn't yet decided that, like, Lear was going to be this character that just, you know, for the most part, manipulated light. That was kind of like his theme towards the end. But, like, when it was all about death magic, I, um, 
I wanted to bring his uh, one of his skills, Jude Star Pupil, into the into the mix of it, but because I had, you know, like uh, held fast to the fact that he is supposed to be this support unit, this healer, this uh, um, this you know guy on the back bench, uh, I never got to use this move where basically like, I think when we were talking about training, I would talk about how Lear was basically going through like you know sword patterns and sword kata, that kind of stuff, you know, like, you know, in the evenings or whatever, I think in that one Emmeline episode, you know, he's training. And I think I kind of like didn't put enough effort into like saying, okay, now I'm training at this specific time because essentially there was a move that I wanted Lear to do if he was more of like a melee character where like every single time Lear practices and trains, he is storing, I guess, the kinetic potential of the swing so that if he was to hit something, even if he swung really hard during training, it wouldn't have damaged something. So that, like, you know, during a fight, he would then tap into that and he swings once and then, like, 200 attacks come from anywhere. Yeah. Um, I had thought of just, just like, giving yeah. you double damage for a while of just, like, mm -hmm. seeing, you know, figuring out a way to say, okay, you're storing this much with your training on a daily, and so now you just do double damage for this many attacks, or however the case may be, until you re-spool yeah. re it or, um, you know, re-collect re that. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, PB and I played with the idea of, like, when he was, like, training or whatever, he'd, like, swing and then swing at nothing, but, like, you might hear an audible, like, collision, you know, and clang, cool. and then we'd, like, yeah. borrow from that and in the future and say that one time where the sword dented when he swung into midair was that attack. But um, I stayed in the back too much, I think, with Lear um, to be able to utilize any of that. Yeah. So a bit of a regret, I guess, but, you know, just more of like a cool, wouldn't it be cool if Lear was cool doing this cool thing kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have an answer for this, too. Uh, something I probably would have done differently um, is I tend to, when I GM, I try to immerse the players as much as I can. And this time I did that by explaining magic to you the way you would have been taught in Din. Mm. And I wish I had just told you how it functioned from the get-go and then had you go, okay, and then break your brain a little bit to play a character who doesn't understand the full scope. Um, just because I think it would have allowed you guys to do crazy things with debt magic. Like for a while you guys were like, but debt magic is separate from, and I'm like, no, 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 no. All magic is debt. They're just calling it debt magic because they see it as, you know, it's like a, um, they're, they're seeing it as stealing from uh, the future, right? A resource they can't control or understand. So they're just giving any magic related to time or taking something from another realm or reality or whatever they're calling it debt magic. But it's all the same. All magic is sort of this weird conjuration. You're just taking it from somewhere and you're, you can, everybody can cast fireball, but it just doesn't, you know, like it's just how you do it. So I wish I had done that and told you high level scope from day one so that you could figure out probably, you know, a way you wanted to play your character and then have your character grow to a spot once they learned more about magic. But I was interested to mm. see if somebody who only thought the way magic worked in a particular form, if they could break out of that. Because I just like seeing if players will go, now wait a second, can I, can I break out of, you know, that's the way they say magic works. But if you've got a character like Brad, who's doing magic differently, can they bridge the gap from their understanding to what Brad's doing and, you know, learn that way? So, yeah, that's my answer. The way I see it is that we all got into this open-world MMO without the tutorial and mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. and discovered <laughs> yeah. it along the way. And I think there's magic to that, you know, like... Uh, yeah, I, I love that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I feel like it was really cool because there was like a moment when I was playing Jude at the very beginning where I was like, first of all, I was like absolutely shitting my pants from the moment I was even cast on the show because I was like, holy fuck, what am I going to do? I don't know how to do this. Oh, my God. Um, and so like there was this period of time where like I know exactly in my mind where my line of like learning matched Jude's. And that was really cool because it was like, she and I got to learn and figure out things together. And then it made when I when when I started like thinking more outside of the box or I started doing like asking questions or playing a little bit more chess or trying to like those episodes where we're all doing like head math, where we're like, yeah. wait, OK, what's a cool fucking idea? You know, it made that in my opinion and in my experience, it made that so much more satisfying because I was like, whoa, I learned it like. I had no idea. Now I made it. You know, it was like full anime <laughs> transformation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's answer this one. It just popped up in the chat, but I know you all want to talk about it. What happened to the Dalamures <laughs> when they went to New York? Uh, and then to the new, uh, what does that say? Then to the new din. Oh, there isn't a new din. They, cause time isn't, uh, linear they actually created din so the din that they grew up in is the one that they end up creating late later but you know time isn't in, in, in an arrow anyway sorry so i'll answer that one about din and you guys answer the one about your dalamures okay um i mean i guess because it was never realized you know like what uh, what happened to the dalamir is all in everybody's different heads and head spaces because it's all about yes and the yeah. way this world works is that I say some, we say something, and PB is like, "Yeah, that, that that's crazy enough to work. Why not?" But in my mind, <laughs> uh, like Azura, uh, my Dalamir, when I went to, um, like, uh, you know, like New York, Azura uh, became a, a motorcycle. I just never called him. Yep. Yeah. When we talked about uh, opening season two, everybody coming in on bikes, which would be their <laughs> Dalamirs. Um, so I think in my brain. The brand is Dalamir. Yeah, the bike. I love that. Yeah, so and they all kind of look like the uh, Dalamirs we had, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. either colors or like different shapes and things like that. So yeah, we were only gone for like a a day, not even that. Yeah, like hours. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. And then what happened? The thing is, not for me. The question isn't what happened to them when everybody went to New York, but what happened when everyone fucking Bye. ascended? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And like, in my head canon as well, the Dalamules were like those, um, I can't remember what they were called. Do you know those Philip Pullman books where everyone's soul is an animal? Yeah. It's like, okay. Like that's Golden what compass. a Dalamule was like. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Those, yeah. <clears throat> those uh, creatures. That's kind of, I imagine that the Dalamule, because Dalamules find you're like, a, you're connected to them in like a weird way. Everybody they also mimic one. you, yeah, which is yeah. super right. creepy. Which is why the whole like that that honestly parallels really well with like Titus's because when he was gone, it was like, you know, we were still lugging Titus's Dalamira around, and it was yeah. fucking traumatizing because yeah. it was just you know it was like him, and he would just yeah. parent. Can I say that that was such a fucking cool thing that uh, Meyer came up with? I think in one of the earlier episodes, he just fucking randomly dropped yeah. this bit of lore that was like, hey, I think it would be really cool if. The Dalamir doesn't like talk at all until the person that they're connected to dies and then they just parrot them. And I was like, that is so mm -hmm. fucked up. I love it. Yes. 
Oh yeah, and then we ended up getting to use it in the show. So yeah, it was really, really good. I <laughs> abandoned my Dalamir. <laughs> no, you did. You were straight up like, uh-uh. The thing is, I planned, I did plan on bringing them back. I planned on bringing them back like pretty much from the get-go, but then things just started like really kicking off. Mm. And it just kind of slipped my mind. Yeah. Um, it's because so of how retroactively things work. Sorry, go on. I don't know. I was just gonna say my my dynamite is like still in that space between where I could see Titus but not like get to him. Your realm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for saving me, Uwu. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, your Dalamir just grows up to become the observer. It's fine. <laughs> you Yoshi do Dalamir. Yeah. Oh, I wait, I really like that. Is yeah. that true? Is That's that what, what you... I have written down, yeah. And and I also oh. have things of like uh Bro. you know that you know your sword exists still in the world. So even though you guys have ascended, like your weapons and stuff still exist, and now they're like legendary Aww. items. Yeah. So okay. you've got cool, the, dude. You've got the crescent daggers that are Astrea's. Um, yeah. There's. So yeah. They're just legendary oh items. Oh my god. Now. Wait. Mm -hmm. That makes observe. I love the observer even more now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it originally was not my intention, but when yeah. you know the show ended, I was like, I always take some time to look back and go, okay, now uh, where are the you know, answers or the loose ends that I just want to answer for myself. And that was one of them. Like, what happened to your Dalamir that you left in that space? And I was like, dude, it would be so cool if... So yeah, and then I just <laughs> yes-handed myself <laughs> right into that. It, <laughs> it would be crazy became, if there's sorry. like... No, go ahead. No, it'd be crazy. <laughs> I was go just going to say, it'd be crazy if there's like lineages of like... uh monks or something that get the weapons and then they pass the weapons down from ward and king to ward and king to ward and king oh. and so like the ones that Astraea has are actually hers from the beginning of time and Ooh. and the end of time yeah Bro. That's, that's really fucking cool oh that sword that you have Lear, that Lear had oh, yeah. was actually Lear. passed down and in that episode 8 when you guys were playing the uh, original Kingmakers, um, one of them had the sword, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was mm -hmm. Sonya that had the sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Very, very cool. So that one has been around for a very long time, which is super cool. Um, which actually leads into another question. Hold on, let me look for it. Um, yeah, in episode eight, when they went back to the beginnings of Din, how did the events of that episode and Urfir's actions change things in the story and settings in ways you hadn't originally anticipated from the beginning of the show, if they did at all? Um, everyone was playing the ancient heroes except Brad played Urfir. It felt like there was a bit of mental chess game happening between you and Brad regarding the story or setting. Um, actually, I had always intended that... Um, what I originally wanted to do was have the uh, original Kingmaker, Kingmakers, the, that crew that they went back and played, their timeline was going to be going backward as we were watching our Kingmakers go forward until they like until they kind of like met at one point, which would be awesome. But we just never got to do that again. We never got to revisit yeah. those characters because either, you know, scheduling conflicts would have somebody gone when they wouldn't be normally. So it was just like, we just never got a chance to go back and visit um, the, those characters. But those characters originally came from another continent um, under the instruction of either Blackbird or Irafir to found Din. So they are the original, like, 
you know, kingmakers, they paved the way for everybody to, you know, be born and the society to be structured in a way in which everyone respects Blackbird and the fact that he is going to just come down and pick an apprentice and everybody's like, yeah, okay, sure. So they basically establish all of that um, at, at... But we made it. Yeah, yeah. Just because time's not linear. So in... in yeah. So, but Fuck. like, in in a way, you guys are, you know, kingmakers twice over. You know, you've... you've you're playing the people that um kind of like set up the land and the history as well um which is i like super to cool. think about the world of din like uh in the book the three body problem you know <laughs> like uh time isn't linear but also the fact that like within the three body problem like within a particle is a whole universe yes so like uh everything that we created even though like when we created din and it looked like din as it was present day it doesn't mean that that's how it was a split second ago when jude was forming it everything around it could have been happening time itself could have been happening you know like had we frozen time and like got a camera all the way down and then you know got a macro lens on it you might have seen you know like uh, sonia and uh, goldsea and everybody like you know do everything else while the battle was happening um it's really really wild when you think about like these characters as like being like you know this uh, post-human kind of like uh, they're, they're like proto-gods before like everything happens and so like uh, everything around it's still fantasy and real life and everything else and you have Nocturne and you have everything else going on but like uh, these guys are like they're all like mini Dr. Manhattans just yeah. doing whatever the heck they want and it's really cool to like kind of take a step back and think about it and go how, how would this happen or and kind of explain it because it was storytelling so like you can basically put an excuse in it or, or like a reason for it, every single thing that goes forwards and um i don't know i'm, I'm rambling hi i'm rambling no hi. that was good that was... that was also the least amount of mental chess i think that yeah. we did the entire season that episode yeah. I, I kind yeah. of knew what the structure of that one was about and also mm -hmm. erifir was like drunk and crazy so it I didn't. I wasn't playing any games. I just had to be drunk and crazy. And I, knew that, <laughs> I knew that we were getting to a point at the end of the episode episode when they would go and do something. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Or I said something like going. That was the go and create the rivers of Din episode. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, um, the rest of it was mental chess. That yeah. one was like the least mental chess episode I think between me and PB. Mm-hmm. Um. That makes me think of something else. What did you just say, Brad, before the mental chess bit? Oh, yeah. Rivers? That's oh, something. The yeah, the rivers of Din. Um, so somebody asked a question of like, uh, what, what, how did Garoon get wounded? And what was, the, there were a couple of questions about the wound. So I'm just going to try to address those really quickly. Um, Garoon is not wounded. Um, so the prosecutor, which is the ranger version of Tim, they trapped in the middle of Din remember if you remember like from that episode when they birthed Din they put a actual human in, in in the middle of it so that's the wound and he's slowly breaking apart Din so um as he's trying to escape so originally there was another reason for the wound but this is just so much cooler that I refuse to even acknowledge that the other one existed before now so that's just it that's canon now um <laughs> but in the episode where we go back episode eight when we're the original kingmakers and they look at that tiny spot and they say like this is gonna grow that's the wound actually and it was my intention like with the dalamirs and everything i i assumed you guys were going to be going like an epic travel kind of situation where you'd be going from one side of the din all the way to the wound 
um, to head woundward to kind of like get to the wound and then close it. But what you guys ended up doing was just like, you know, I, I was I set out to be like, all right, here's a general brainstorm roadmap for a JRPG. But what we did, I much prefer that. So uh, yeah, we just didn't end up traveling as much as I thought we would. Otherwise, I think the Dalamiers would have played a bigger part as well. Um, so yeah, at some point during this, I think it just became clear that um, the way Leah was playing Vega, it made me go, wow, okay, I, you know, I'm playing Garoon in the first couple of episodes, both of them, uh, the Garoon of Many and the Garoon of One. And I, I just noticed the way that Leah was portraying her character. I went, holy shit, um, it'd be really cool if she ascends into Garoon at the end of this, but I didn't say anything. Because I, you know, I don't want to railroad anybody's character. I just watch and see what people do. And then I offer them stuff and like, hey, if you want to do this, this is cool. If not, we'll do something else. Um, but yeah, at some point it just became clear like, holy shit, this is an origin story. This isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, we're saving the world. This is, we're birthing it. And I was like, that is so cool. Um, so yeah, that, I hope that answers the garoon and the wounds and, and stuff like that. So. Um, Can I say a weird thing? Yes, absolutely. Always. You can say whatever. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just end it. When I made the character of Erifer and I was naming him, his name is Eru from yeah. Tolkien's Middle Earth. Um, Eru means he is that he he is that he that is alone, the supreme god and creator of all, which is really weird. And then. The second half of his name is from Norse, which is, and I'm going to fuck this up, but it's Ailafer, A-E-I-L-A-E-I-F-R, uh, every letter in the alphabet, um, <laughs> which means lone descendant. And it's just weird, because I didn't know any of this stuff when I made Erufir. I had a weird process. This The process of making this character was completely crazy. It was very weird. Um... But it is strange how we do end up becoming the creator. Like, Eru actually really kind of wasn't, but it's weird that that became the story as well, and I named him after those two things, and it still happened. Yeah. I, I forget know. what I episode what it was, but there was an episode where I realized you had now become Ouroboros itself. Like, you were a character that had no birth and no death. And I went, what the fuck? And then... Well, my character sheet the whole time said the future is my past and my past is yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I was <laughs> freaking out when, when it was... I, yeah. it, there was an episode where you're talking to Garoon. It and said. It, it, it's like, you know, uh, you ask to be born in a certain way or something like that. And I was like, th my brain went, oh my God, that's the moment. That's the deal he made with Garoon. Then it comes back and, you know he's created by Garoon and is just kind of like his own yeah so fucking cool um yeah it worked out really well yeah it was very very good but um, I was gonna be a paladin at first because when you yeah. told me to first record my thing I was right. just supposed to be another one of these fucking sword swinging boring characters <laughs> we're on the uh, all the other boring ones um but uh, then you. I'm glad to introduce a boring one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I was really excited. I was like, mm -hmm. oh yes, because uh, I love playing paladins. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Most people don't like playing paladins and they do it begrudgingly, but I like it. Yeah. And then I was, so I was really excited switched. to play a paladin, <laughs> and then PB went, "You have to play the mage." No, I didn't. I, I, did like, not, I did not make you play the mage. She, no, and she uh -huh. was like, "No, you're right. You didn't. Thank you, you went, oh." 
What about if you played the mage? I and said you were really it would be cool about if it, and someone went, no. played a mage and you you decided to do that on your own i didn't yeah because <laughs> i said what we am i gonna do go no after you get really we've all seen pb get really excited and happy about it what am i gonna be <laughs> no! like no so what i'm saying is you emotionally blackmailed me into playing oh my character. god i'm gonna barf <laughs> but here's the thing and is that like are you happy about that i knew what was going on so when you were like i could play the mage my brain went oh my god because it's gonna be you and me kind of like fighting each other the whole time and i was like yes I, <laughs> that'd be um, so good i just the, <laughs> one of the main reasons i was um genuinely like uh, uh, apprehensive about playing the mage is i didn't want to be blake again yeah yep <laughs> and i was a bit i think they're really similar um but blake uh, or you know, like blue and whatever you fucking want to call him wicks um is uh not (laughs) emotional this is the literally if you haven't seen all of the things (laughs) you fucked up (laughs) um (laughs) but um yeah like the heat is not um uh driven by the same things at all um the way that they are the way that they kind of appear and the way that they uh attempt to do stuff because Blushim was all about um, creating chaos as well because in the chaos he would be able to find patterns that he could use to determine whether everything was real and Eru had to do the same thing he was like oh fuck I can't even trust my own magic I can't trust whether what I'm divining is actually coming from a source that is you know like being rooted through Garun or, or our enemy or whatever yeah. he, you know at the time he thought it was and so he, they both had to figure out whether they were in the matrix um their own ways but the the reason eru was entirely driven by the two things of like love and um kind of trying to be the best and then vega showed up and he didn't have to be the best anymore so it was really nice because he was like oh cool if i die it doesn't matter they've got me in vega so i can just fuck around which is so (laughs) So crazy because vega ends up like marking you and creating you like I don't. Yeah. Oh my god, just in madness. Yeah. Crazy dude. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, okay, let me grab another question here. Um, this one I think is interesting, but I don't know how you would answer it. But I'm just gonna ask it anyway. Um, have any of you thought about like if there will be consequences for ascending and choosing to be the Garun of many? We all sort of did on the night that it was when we were talking about it pre the final episode. Mm-hmm. There was like a vague idea of like what was going on. And we kind of went back and forth a lot over like what's the right one to because there is no like morally clear no good answer, which is the problem. I didn't really have to worry about it too much because I knew that I was going to just become whatever post-human arrow is and then just be back on that thing but i remember everyone kind of going back and forth over which one was the most appropriate for the story and that what their characters would do and also which one is kind of morally cleaner yeah yeah Mm. yeah i don't remember what everyone said though the Garuna no, everyone went Garuna of many. Yeah, yeah. 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 no we one went Garuna of many, uh, one. Yeah, I mean, which is about crazy the process. I mean, if it were me, I would choose one over the many. Yeah. 
So you're a bad guy. I, it makes sense because so, I'm the bad guy. Okay, but hear, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Okay. Do we? Do we? Uh -huh. do we Let's think does about everyone this know what yeah. the green of one and many means? Yeah, I guess, okay. That Let's... influenced my de decision on it. Yeah, okay. Mm. Well, it, why don't you go ahead and take over? Because I don't like speaking. Drac, please, go ahead. Explain <laughs> <laughs> oh, to them what one versus um, many is. So, like, from what I understand, so and correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but the green of um, one was essentially like, hey, there are so many universes splitting off from this, it's going to end up just... We're gonna end up dying. Like everyone's gonna end up dying. Mm -hmm. Every universe is gonna end up dying if we don't like trim the shrubbery down to one. Yeah. Whereas the green of many was like, hey, it's not a place to trim anything. Just let it go wild. And yeah. if, it, if we die, we die. Mm -hmm. um, and I I had Razzroff go with the green of many because I don't think one. I think especially with how desiccation, how it came about, and apparently it happening in every universe. I think. Right down to the core, Rajiv is someone who wants to help as many people as possible um, and will take that burden on yeah. himself. And like the apparently inevitable doom of all of the universes was the equivalent of the droughts to him. It's like, I'm going to figure out a way to make sure this doesn't happen. So I think he was like, okay, I'm going to save as many people as possible. And I refuse to believe that if we let them grow, we'll all die out. I'll figure out a way. Yeah. And that's mm. why he went with the many. Because with the oh, one, man. you have no choice. You're, you're stuck with one. You can't like undo that. Yeah. Um, so that was his kind of mindset when I picked that. Yeah. For Lear, I mean, like the reason why I chose what I chose is because I think I already voiced it in character, but I did it because it was the most selfish reason to do it. You know, like uh, he... He, he is not from where Vega is from, is not where Jude is from, but they all found each other and they are perfect for each other and they found each other through the cosmos, right? And that would not have happened if they were all just, you know, Lyra, Jude, and Vega within one reality, you know? Like, uh, I think they had decided that it doesn't matter, like, you know, where they would always find each other, but I think that just because, by virtue of the fact that that happened with them, that they would they would want that eventuality to happen yes ad infinitum yep. so, so that's why Lear choose, chose that you know um i don't think there'd be a reason for him to want to choose the other the other two i think Lear at least would be kind of like you know evil it would be like contrary to everything that they had learned so far yeah i don't necessarily view um evil Lear as Lear evil. does yeah totally <laughs> totally get it um, and I, I, for the record, I think everybody chose what their character would have chose. And in my head mm. canon, this, these group of people could have only ever become the Garoon of many. And then there's an alt reality of events of Kingmakers that we didn't see that become the Garoon of one, right? And it's the Lear yeah. without, you know, Jude and without Vega and, you know, and then they become so, but it's always these core that then ascend into the Garoon of one and the Garoon of many. Um, and mm -hmm. for, for my brain, and this is just like my weird perspective on it, is like if, if the heat death of the universe is coming, I view the Garoon of like many to be like <laughs> um, anti-vaxxers or people who are just like, global warming doesn't exist. It's fine. It's the natural order of things. It doesn't matter if, you know, where the earth is this time, we're, you know, destroying it and mm -hmm. all this stuff. I mean, it's not a big deal. And, you know, the Garun of One is like, yo, bro, we got to just like trim the fat a little bit. You know, we don't necessarily need like 
one timeline to rule them all but we need to you know this branch needs to be pruned a bit and over here needs to be pruned a bit otherwise we're all gonna die but do but i both seem very extreme you know like yeah. the, one is one lane one is all the lanes there, yeah. there's no midway yeah I, well i don't think Varun is yeah. like one we need one timeline i mean it's the garoon mm. of one but it's not we need one timeline to rule them all it's more just like this reality has like eight different things and the only small thing that differentiates them is like one tiny decision so we're just gonna cut this and then merge them all into this one um, but that's right. exactly why for Vega I chose many because yeah. uh, it even the little line I wrote right at the beginning before we started was we are strongest as one um, mm -hmm. and it was very much down to the interpretation of that that I chose many in the end because uh, from Vega's perspective she's been able to do these fucking extraordinary things that she would never have even dreamed of being able to do and she's like why mm -hmm. there is no limit why should there be a limit I can do whatever I need to do to save the people I need to save and exactly. she thinks like through doing it this way there's so many realities in which to find a solution that doesn't involve destroying every reality so yeah that's mm. where it it's interesting too from. because like the garoon of one the idea that you need to like you know prune to save everybody is trusting yourself and your judgment whereas garoon of many is trusting everybody around you mm. so it's kind of like a yeah mm-hmm I mean, it's I also, it also feels like, um, you know, from the perspective of the characters that were, you know, in this reality, right? The ones that we were playing, um, based off of everything that we learned, uh, at least like the reasoning for Estrella was that choosing to be the Garun of One would be choosing to give up on the abilities of everyone around me to change the course of all of this, too. Yeah. But there is something to be said about the Jude that we knew at the end was only present because of a reality merging into another. Right? Yeah. So it's just, I, there is no morally right, right answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I personally love that. You could argue either side, um, which is super cool. And I, I think throughout our <laughs> lifetime, we're going to go one side and then another and then another as we grow and, and age and change. Sorry, Mercs, please. I, no, no, it's okay. I have anyway, an I have a I have a This is me last episode. I'm joking. I love you. Go, Merc. You all. <laughs> Mergles, you have the floor, baby. Yes, Mer Mergles, just spit it out. Just get it right. out. Idea. Just start it's talking. Just an idea. The idea is maybe we have this understanding of the Garun of one and the Garun of many and the Garun of many is like just let everything go it's not our place but maybe the Garun of many is just constantly trying to find another solution yeah, yeah. so it's mm. not a yeah. letting go of uh just let everything it's not our place but maybe it appears that way to everybody mm -hmm. except for the Garun of many who is trying to send her rangers to find the solution yeah to the heat death of the universe in another way. Maybe, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I love that. I, I like that. May, it um, makes sense. Go on. May I add to this? I mean, this is from an, a, no, okay, well. What? I saw Leah, so, <laughs> Leah, Leah shook oh. her head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at all the cameras and I saw one head going. Leah, <laughs> 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 little shit, please. Um, no, I, I. This is from very much an outside perspective because I, I, I haven't had as much time to think about it the way you guys have. Um, I see the Garoon of one and the Garoon of many as the same thing. Um, one is just 
at the beginning and the others at the end. Um, they One is a goal that someone sets, and then the other is, I guess, the goal that, that they didn't realize they were trying to uh, get to. So the Garun of One is actively trying to trim the fat. It's liberals in their and 20s. I'm and sorry. It, but yeah, yeah, and it and it's almost it's almost like I mean that's really good. It's almost like um, um, like the the math concept of x approaching infinity. It, it it never makes it to that bottom line. It is always actively trying to get there, but it can't. There's always a smaller number. I I see that as like the Garun of one being very foolhardy and 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 arrogant, um, and actively infinitely trying to do this thing not understanding that they can't do that and eventually which can't really happen uh, they have to be the groom of many it's almost like by accident they have no choice they can't really affect everything and fix everything but i it's mm. it, it it's really mm. ridiculously high level stuff because your brains are melting um yeah. but i definitely see them like it's just they're exactly the same thing. Maybe not at the same time. Yeah, that's Whereas very I'm talking too much here, but like, uh, for me, as far as the character of Lear is concerned, he intrinsically is a very selfish character. So had Jude not died, and had they been together in Ascension, for him, they were one. And so mentally, not what is Garun? What is the Garun of many? What is the Garun of one? But what are we now? I think Lear would have gone one in that moment. Whether yeah. or not the other, you know, Jude and Vega would have gone the same way, no idea. But like, um, for Lear, if that was the case, that that's what he would have chosen. But because Jude was gone, but the possibility of Jude will never go, he went with many instead. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> 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 I also yeah, before we, before we move on like mm -hmm. in terms of Mergle's theory about it being kind of like um you know like the whole logistics thing of uh, always trying to find a solution right even like Leah's character you know she was talking about how that was kind of a theme there I feel like the whole group uh choosing the one of uh, many kind of makes sense too in terms of the fact that we were always trying to find loopholes and always trying to like do things perfectly and it never worked out perfectly and i feel like that was part of that consequence too yeah and it's interesting because then it's like just that that same theme repeating over and over again then of course mm -hmm. you would choose many because you're constantly trying to figure out another way another answer yeah that's really really good um did you guys did anybody pull anything from hold on sorry uh, did you have anybody real or fictional that you drew from as a reference point to inform your character? Um, sort of. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned this before, or at least mentioned it to some friends before, but looks-wise, it was based on Scar and Kovu from Lion King. <laughs> you can ask, <laughs> ask Muggles. I sent Muggles a Pinterest board, and it was like, maybe too cute. Humans, everything else is just different screenshots of Kovi and Scar from Lion King because yeah. um, we had originally planned for Razroth not to be a, a villain, but like to have the potential and ha hit like all of the tropes of a villain, but leave plenty of space not to be. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. 
so and I'm just a big fan of Scar and Kobe, the look of it at all. So um, that's who I pulled reference from looks wise. He's as plain as the mark on his face. Is there an episode yeah. where you wear the Lion King t-shirt or did we not do that? Yeah, 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 there yeah, is. yeah, 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 so we couldn't, you probably couldn't see it because of the way it was cropped, but I was wearing, I don't have it, I don't have it on me, on me but I was wearing a um, Lion King t-shirt when we went to New York, um, mm-hmm. that whole time as we were in New York, mm-hmm. I was wearing a Lion King t-shirt that has Scar with the um, two hyenas on either side of him, um, and I think it said like, be prepared or something like that on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and I thought that was like, that was a lot of fun. Um, I also bought, we also, for that um, one as well, as a joke, I, th- I can't remember who it was, I think it was Brad or someone said I should wear like a full like tight leather top for, <laughs> for um, Rathroth. And I bought uh, no, the top, but it was, I, didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't And I bought the top, I got the Lanking top and that top, but it was very, Loud and hard to wear, <laughs> way more, way tired and uncomfortable than I thought it was. So I didn't end up wearing it. Um, but I, in another universe, um, Razzoff was wearing. You'd be all cracking up the basket for that, that suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Your green of one suit. version. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna answer this one from Faye, and I know a million other people because um, I get asked this a lot. But what are what do the card results mean? Um, I mean, in a perfect world. So I coded that website by myself and I'm not the best at that at all. Um, so obviously, and I made the cards as well. So I could only make so many, but just for canon's sake, there are obviously like infinite possibilities and combinations and more animals than I'm able to like have on the website. But the way that it would work is basically ranger recruitment. Um, fuck it. Okay, we're just going to talk about it. Ranger recruitment yes! is that if you want to become a ranger, you need to go and find your quantumly linked version of yourself and kill them so that they cannot affect you anymore. Because when you're right, because the moment one of them is observed, the waveform is collapsed and only one remains, right? So like there's there's this whole idea that when you act and do things, you will affect your quantumly linked part. So in order to become a ranger, that's kind of you kind of have to collapse the waveform. Um, whether you want to be a ranger of one or a ranger of many, that's what you need to do. And your the card that you find is the location of your quantumly linked other. So basically, uh, you would the, a ranger will then no come. Way. Yeah, yeah. No, way. no. no so, um, <laughs> are you freaking no. out? What's happening? Yeah, I'm freaking. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> So yeah, you would you would basically a ranger comes to you essentially and talks about the theory of like one versus many and then you know if you're recruited then they go all right well we're gonna do a ritual to take you to this location wherever this takes you you gotta find yourself and you gotta fucking take them out and and in my in my brain it's like people who try which it's whichever one wins then would then become a ranger whether or not they because the the idea is if you're quantumly linked that that quantumly linked version of you is not the one that like you know went to another it's so fucking similar there's maybe one tiny thing off so that quantum version of you would want to be a ranger as well so it's like whichever one wins then would become a ranger it's just a matter of one or many so cool so yeah it's kind of and a what bit about Highlander the style. like the the um what is it because some of them were marked with red 
as yeah. opposed to like ninety yeah. percent of the other ones were yeah. not. So Faye's been thinking about how red her card was since she got it. Yeah, so it's like all of them. Yeah, were not red. One of them Mo- was. One of them was. So that's crazy because that happened in Nocturne too. But the red would imply mm-hmm. that you are the only one in existence. All the others have been taken out. Oh. All of them? Ooh. Yeah. Or just the quantum linked ones? All of them. Oh, guess wow. uh, okay. guess whose character had red on their card and the only <laughs> one from a certain show? From Nocturne. Theo. Yeah. He was the only Holy one left. Holy shit. Yeah. And that just fit with our story as well. So, yeah. So it's usually just like... They were three like... sigils, right? Mm-hmm. Or three symbols. So, there's an animal and then there's two symbols on either side. Correct. But, yeah. It's so fucking crazy that Astrea is the only yeah. one left yeah, and know. she made a fucking double. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is why I freaked out when she, she pulled that. She was like, that. I feel so alone. Oh, I wonder what you are. Trust your intuition, bitch. There's some ways in which the game is absolutely haunted. It's so good. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to answer that one. The other one uh, towards me, I'll answer as well. Were you planning on releasing the rulebook? Yes, I'm keeping my Tuesdays off so that I can write this and keep um, follow the Table Story Discord. And I will definitely be putting info on it. I'm probably going to need to do another mini playtest at some point. Um, which, by the way, thank you all of you for jumping into a game that didn't exist until we made it. Um, so that was awesome. Um, and for like helping Din. me play test it. Yeah, like Din. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like Din. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a I have a question for you, PB. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you aware that you ripped off Jet Li's The One? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thought uh-huh. I had when you uh-huh. said that the quantum thing. I was like, "So, yep. yeah. this is what me and Aaron were talking about yep. yesterday about how every time you do put, you can pour hours and weeks and months and years into a project, and then someone and somebody goes, goes, oh yeah, just oh, like yeah, Jet Li's the like, one, and you're like, uh-huh. cool. just, the, trick, just like, the trick is being that's what kills me. Everything you, you know, just the whole, you do get rid of it. <laughs> I swear to God, if Final Fantasy VII remake is gone, I, I." You know, my balcony's right there. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. fucking go. <laughs> Just like, let's go. Anyway, I mean, it, it definitely is. So. It definitely has to be, right? Oh. I'm gonna get you to move to a uh, bottom floor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, there, this one, I feel like it's asked almost every time, but it's a fun one. Hollywood swoops in, buys up this fucking thing. Never would happen. We would never sell it. <laughs> but who would you cast to play your character? Oh, shit. Me, and, give me a fucking roll for God's sake. How, how is it? Um, <laughs> shit. What? Ch- oh, God damn it. I had it. Robert Pattinson, right? Would be Titus. Right, Johnny? Because that's your, that's your favorite. I would actually. I, oh. I, I love Rob Pat. I would pick uh, James McAvoy. Oh, Oh. oh wow, Robert Pat's too. That too changes some things for me personally, but okay. Or or Timothy Chalamet, which is who I based him physically. I'd get off Rami Malek. Oh. Rami Malek yeah. would play because <laughs> <laughs> that would change things for Miranda personally. Yep, that's why he's been cast. That would change things for me actually. Yeah. Jack <laughs> <laughs> and I just foaming at the mouth. <laughs> um, honestly, oh god. Uh, Probably. This is difficult. 
Yeah, That's not for yeah. me. I, yeah, I I'm have, horrific um, with celebrity names, so you guys I would can pick have, one for uh, me. Robert Downey Jr., you know, Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> as Amir. Get out of here! Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> oh. Oh. What? He's a great actor, I, I love him. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, you know, I, I think it. would be oh really god. cool is if in a movie version of this, um, Leah and Raz were played by the same actor. Oh, so, so like yeah. Eddie Murphy would be cool. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I already cost you, didn't I? <laughs> or Mike Myers. Yeah, like twins almost. That'd yeah. be interesting, mm. actually. Mm. I think I'd uh, pick. Um, I don't know, Michael B. Jordan, probably. I think. I don't know. I think he's good at playing like a, a I guess, not so great royal. Because he did in. Um, yeah, I think Michael B. Jordan. Right, but Raz isn't like royalty. He's he's the yeah. He's I mean, the, uh, he, is. he is, but he wasn't like. I guess he wasn't like the entitled royalty element. He was more grounded. Yeah, it felt like. Um. Uh-huh. Ooh, or, or Melly just said Gwendolyn Christie for Jude. Yeah, I pick oh, yeah. Emily Blunt for Jude. For sure, Emily Blunt would be really? for Jude. Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Because that would change things for him personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Margot Robbie is who I would cast as Jude. Oh. Um, no, that I'm also kidding. Also things. I, I think like a young, a young Katie Sackhoff who played Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. Mm, I think. I think uh, yeah. Billie Eilish for Vega. <laughs> <laughs> we already got Vega. It's Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go My for Ruby Rose when she gets to her fucking ascended state. Was how I sort of imagined her. Uh, that changes things for me personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I don't think I could. I, I can't. I can't choose. I, I shouldn't choose Blackbird because I, I didn't create him. So PB. Robin Williams. Who would play him? Robin oh, Williams. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. 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 That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah. Because I think you're expecting Blackbird to be just like somebody <laughs> else, right? And then this like warm fatherly <laughs> figure with a twinkle in his eye shows up. Oh, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Who isn't cast? Australia. Yeah, I've got no fucking idea who I would cast. Yeah, it's gotta be. <gasps> oh, what's her name? Who, uh... That her name. What is her name? From she's in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine and she's Mackenzie also in No, you're not. Knives no, Out. Davis. Oh, oh. oh. Knives Out. Knives Out. Oh, yeah, Anna De say... I think. Yes. But I was gonna say Ava Green. Right? Is that who I'm thinking mm, of? That would yeah. Potentially from... work. Yeah. From um 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 um. um Casino oh, Royale. Titus, though, because they need to have on-screen chemistry for me. Timothy Chalamet. I'm thinking this too much. <laughs> I'm overthinking mm. it. You want Timothy Chalamet to play Australia? <laughs> I want to say Timothy Chalamet is Oh yes, Victoria Pedretti is perfect. Yeah. Oh, she's in Haunting of Bly Manor. I love her. And so Haunting of Hill House. You know what? I actually love her, and, and I think you. that she would be good for it. She plays like the the what's her name? The kind of like tortured character. Victoria Pedretti. She's also on. Oh uh, my you? god, I do love her. 
Yeah. Yeah, she played uh, she played uh, Love on you as well, and she's like actually really great. So yeah. I wholeheartedly really support that. It's yes. The right energy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's yeah, good so casting. Good. Uh. Okay, I have a couple more here. Um, some of them are a little bit similar, but um, I think this one is still worth asking, uh, which is, uh, what's one thing you would tell the you that started the game now that you've finished it? Uh, in a month or two, you're going to have to fucking go through the worst breakup ever, dude. So, like... <laughs> Like get your shit together wow. for the best of it. Like prepare yourself. Has Do you mean about the game or <laughs> you mean in the? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think it was oh. the game, Brad. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Well. Easy mistake. Uh, in that... Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, easy mistake. I thought you said he's a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit! Like, hey, dude, that's well, rough. think about that on a daily basis about how <laughs> no, Brad is a mistake, but... She sends no. me that as a message every single day. It's yeah, hold on, I have heard it do it today. You're right, hold on. You're already a mistake. I am... Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say something insane right okay. now. Mm -hmm. I am really happy with my entire character from start to finish. I don't know if I would change anything, really. I yeah. really enjoyed playing this character. I would love to be able to tell the cast to, like, dial it back. I don't know anything. Stop asking me and telling me. <laughs> what, like, where do we go? What do we do? I'm That's like, why I, don't I fucking sort of know. wish I had explained the magic at high level, because then they would have understood was, that you really it, didn't yeah. know anything else. Uh, yeah, so... Well, Vega got know, it eventually. No, but it makes sense like, for the characters yeah, to still do it. You're right. You're yeah. The characters would and, still it do does, it. But, but I think it was one thing that I think I'd... I didn't enjoy eventually was just how much screen time I was being taken up like it just it felt like it was so much Eru to like the first bit of him being in it because everyone was like what do we do Eru do something Eru fucking turn back time and I was like I am the only one who can do this who can yeah. answer this or can even try so I had to constantly it was just it felt like everything was funneling up to me and I really wanted to see what everyone else could do because it felt like everyone was still learning their characters and I was too and there was a bit there um so I'm really happy with the fact that for a bit Eru dips yeah and then they didn't have that like guiding star or that hand to hold of the big strong mage who you know they thought knew everything but the problem is Eru acted like he knew everything as well um which didn't help but in general I really um I really, uh, really like the way that this played out for this character from start to finish. So, I don't know if I would want to go back and influence much for my character. I like yeah. it a lot. I love, I love same. playing this character in this campaign. I Apart from the, the tiny guilt. things that, <laughs> like, I shouldn't encourage people all the time. Like, you can do like the cool magic shit too like don't trust me yeah. you can do it and like as the faker i was like constantly like go let's try like give it a go man. That's why I that, that became eru's teaching style yeah he was like the only one thing i'm just gonna push you off a cliff you can fly but like that was him just being like i can rip someone's heart out and put it back in i can also make you all forget i can let you remember yeah i want you to be scared you should all be scared of dying we're all gonna die something's up you know and it worked uh mm. to a degree but it also turned them again well, it turned um Leah heavily against him as a teaching I think it's great narratively thing. it's amazing but yeah. yeah, me too. I really like the whole thing. 
Yeah, but I'm with Brad. Apart from like the small things like, you know, oh, that cool sword combo, whatever. No character here on this show was made just by the player that played them, you know? Like throughout the course yeah. of the season, everybody had something to do with shaping that character. And because of that, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. I think I, think I would have told myself to be more of an active participant in a lot of ways. I find that on shows, I typically struggle with kind of like finding my footing and wanting to like take up that space. So I always end up playing like a more supporting role, typically, um, which is not a bad thing. I enjoy it, but uh, I think that is something that I would probably address in order to like actually kind of have a little bit more development. But also like just in terms of the relationships too, you know, kind of out of character uh, talking about, you know, um, different kind of things that, you know, maybe cool moves or maybe, hey, we should do a scene or something and kind of coming up with the concept ahead of time so we would feel mm -hmm. a little bit more uh, cohesive and a little bit more prepared for something like that, I feel. Would have been good. Yeah, you, yeah. Your group did not have yeah. a Discord about, like, cool moves and... Uh... No, we we did, we did, we did. But, like, right. we didn't we didn't talk, like, a crazy amount about that stuff, you know? It was mostly us We crying. were just vibing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just like, <laughs> whole time. I love you so much, but, uh, <laughs> but you're killing me. Um, I think, I think, I think in some ways too, ooh. if I had kept you guys separated for a little bit longer or did more of the purposefully mm. separating you to allow you guys a little bit more space, because it's a lot when you've got six players together trying to juggle all of that. But every time I thought about it, it just didn't make sense that you guys would separate mm. after a certain point. You were like, you know, you're in it together. So, yeah. 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 I think if we had uh, separated. Uh, go on, Merx. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and if we had separated, I don't know if, like, if motivationally our characters would even have had that drive to kind of like link up again. I agree. You know, unless it was yeah. just circumstance. It probably would have been somebody went Garoon of one, somebody went Garoon of many, and we would have been watching yeah. them both at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Mm. But yeah. I love that it was all six that, you know, like you guys then ascended into one version and we just... because Unified in the end. Yeah, well, because the idea then is that the audience is observing and collapsing mm -hmm. the waveform, right? So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just metaphorically, I that's fucking sick. Anticipated like a giant kaiju battle once we ascended. It was curtains <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right. Me too. <laughs> I thought we were going to form like it. a Voltron and then fight. <laughs> <laughs> Another, but I like that it's an origin story, not mm, a finale. Yeah. So the yeah. fight was right before the ascension bit. And then mm -hmm. for me, I just wanted amazing. to know what you guys chose to ascend into, which was kind of cool. Um, Murgles was going to say something before. Yeah, oh, that's oh. right. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I was just going to Johnny was too. Jo I saw yeah. Johnny was about to talk. Yeah, too, Johnny, so Johnny, Johnny, do you want to do you want to say something? Johnny? Johnny? I'll be quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got something to say too. Johnny. Johnny. Go, Mark. Uh, I'll say. Something. <laughs> um, I'll be quick. I think the only thing I I still fully agree that I wouldn't want to change anything. I can see that like at the very beginning of the show, uh, I took a long time. I feel like I I genuinely took a long time to like catch up with like what everyone was doing and jude was constantly still sort of making like small world decisions like i had a hard time being like okay how can i really influence the world or feeling like um capable or even just having the ideas that everyone was having 
But at the same time, while it was happening, I was like, I have no fucking ideas. I have no idea. I, I hit sword. I use sword to hit thing. Um, and then like, so while huge. that was happening, exactly. <laughs> it felt, <laughs> yeah, it felt so much like, uh, I don't know. I I'm grateful almost for that. Um, that period of like, I don't know, insecurity or fear or like not feeling like I could uh, do cool stuff more or not even knowing what to do. Um, it just felt like maybe I was just fully in character and yeah. it yeah. totally made sense for her to like not think the way anyone else did and to take a really long time to get the hang of it. Yeah, and then um, eventually she's using and then, alchemy and changing like chemical properties to light somebody's yeah. insides, uh, insides on fire. Like, come on, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude had a really subtle but like really well done character development, I think, I from think so. how she started out to right to the end. Like the yeah. confidence and what she learned from being around everybody else. Like it was you just did a really good job of like slowly letting that influence yeah. her. <laughs> I like it definitely went from like a stoicism <laughs> at the beginning to a confidence by the end. And like it's very easy to get those two mixed up if you're not really looking. But I think it was it's very spelling. noticeable that change in Jude for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, it went from like stoicism masking, like that discipline masking the lack exactly, of confidence yeah. and faith in yourself into actual having confidence. Yeah, and faith. yeah, yeah. That's Johnny. 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 There's a lot of things I wish I would have told myself. Uh, looking back, what I know now. Um, firstly, a big one would be to always take risks. PB is a phenomenal GM and narrator, and always yes ands us. And I think not just myself a lot of us in the cast when we thought about these big grandiose things we'd be like oh i really don't want to mess up the narrative i don't want to ruin anything that could happen and maybe this big thing that i have planned might go to shit and there just became a point for me in the show where i was like pb is phenomenal and is always going to yes and so i just started taking big risks i was like i'm going to try to clone myself i'm going to become another homunculus titus i'm going to try to put us in the gilded hair and see if that changes everything and that one yeah. was really scary but that's all sidebar so one was just uh i can't believe take that by the way, yeah, that was awesome. Oh man, so many good, so many good moments like that. Um, so that that was one was just take risks, and then the second, kind of what Faye said as well. Um, this cast is a powerhouse, and I found myself a lot of the times being like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. So Titus to me is a supporting character, and I I don't mind that. I like that, and I think that early on, if I just would have said, hey find your niche of who Titus is and don't be afraid to maybe step on someone's toes or take those yeah, risks. Yeah. Um, that fear would have dissolved a lot quicker. So that was something that I definitely wish I would have told myself at the beginning of the show. Also, bald caps don't work like you think. Always uh, <laughs> prep more time for makeup. Um, you can definitely black out from RP. Like when I first entered the show and we did the releasing of Titus, like I thought I was going to fucking die. Like I was... Profusely sweat. That same episode, we it was the it yeah. was one of the it was the torture episode, wasn't it? And like, yeah, I think I was I had to be like the most fucking awful person, and I had to like insult you and stuff, and I just all of a sudden fucking wanted to pass the fuck out. It yeah. was insane. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I might pass out during this. Yeah, um, yeah. so the, it's real. No like I was like. Uh, there was a question uh, that makes me think of this. There is, uh, I do. I would about, love to answer oh, yeah, this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of want to piggyback off of what Brad said earlier um, with 
um, him mentioning that it got kind of um, stressful. Everyone being like, what, what do we do, Arufe? What do we do? And I wish I kind of told, uh, I could go back and tell myself to like lean in more on um, Razroth not seeing Arufe as this all-powerful mage, because I, I don't know if I did it well, but as um, to me, I think Razroth saw Arufe as just a someone he loved dearly like he didn't really care that he could do magic it was cool he could do magic but it wasn't why he was around him and I wanted it to be a case of like yeah everyone has all of these um, theories and ideas and legends about a roof here but um, to Razhoff he's just that he's the um friend who became way more than a friend later on in life um <laughs> that could barely swing a sword when they went to summer like summer camp together or would um uh and like i guess like entertain him being um so infatuated with this taboo magic and allowed him to like kind of mess around with it and play with it like just a i don't know just kind of like be some a normal person around him and i wish i like leaned into that more um because I'm not sure if it really showed that much. I think at the very minimum, like, uh, our group did a good job in most parts of trying to convey that. Like, I know the relationship yeah. with Estrella and Erafir was particularly, like, you know, vulnerable in terms of Rhea recognized that he was misunderstood and she tried her best to kind of convey that, hey, you know, I understand, like, you're pissed off about X, Y, or Z, but there's a reason behind it. Like, this is why he's doing it. Like, there, there's, like, actual stuff going on up here, and he's not just, like, yeah. some fucking, you know, crazy, psychopathic, like, all-powerful mage. We and got it, that, like, once each, I think, early on in the... I don't remember Razroth being one of the characters that was like, Eri, what do we do next? Um... And also, Eru and Astrea had a couple of... They'd have those quick sides where they'd have, like, a sidebar together, which I think... I wish we had more of those. Um, I wish I had a couple more scenes with Titus, because I don't know if we got as strong of an understanding of what Eru and Titus's relationship was, because it was just kind of so hard to get. He was always in the middle of some crazy shit going on and transforming into a homunculus and trying to kill us and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think Eru... <laughs> in this dynamic like those two are the wards so whenever Eru was around they probably did hung out and they would talk like I think Eru and Australia had that like BFF relationship they were like combing each other's hair and watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer you know and just like <laughs> hugging each other the... when they were crying yeah talking about the boys they liked um and um <laughs> Uh, but I think with uh, with Titus, there was a point where me and Johnny were trying. I was trying to like, I knew you were going to bring that. I knew it. I was waiting for it. I almost said it earlier. What's one mistake you wish? I wish I would have speed ran like like everyone. I was trying to do, like, but I imagined them doing that. Like that. Like that. I can see a training montage where Titus is Rock Lee. Um, and stole the words and out of is completely magically enhancing him and being like, okay, well, we'll do this one day in battle. Um, and actually, Eru isn't isn't hasn't been in that many direct battles, and even when he is, he's just probably in more of a like a, a separate part. He doesn't really get in there and swing swords and stuff. So I imagine they would have been practicing like chrono trigger combos a lot of the time. Um, and uh yeah I, I don't know if we got that across too much but i do know that it was in the back of my head with all of the role play that i was doing 
um, and we would always kind of discuss it. Yeah, that would be... I, I would love... If this was an anime, it would need to have mini prequel shows of both the trios and yeah, the more, like, yeah. definitely yeah because yeah. we got emeline and it would be we had like the emmeline like, episode yeah. where like we got a lot of the backstory kind of behind the other set of wards i do wish that like we had had some opportunities i guess or like the story had allowed for it because there just mm -hmm. was no room cool to see yeah some one one summer of training yeah 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 because yeah. well, when we originally mm -hmm. talked about side. it too we had talked about doing flashbacks for everybody and going back and kind of seeing you know before but it just didn't uh work out that way um vibe wise which was uh it, that's always an interesting thing when you're you know either gming or being in a show and you know you kind of have these thoughts or these ideas of possibilities i i never like to actually plan anything out in stone like um somebody asked it's so what, hard to do yeah well i mean you yeah. can do it but then you end up you know railroading the game which i i personally mm -hmm. just don't enjoy doing because i i think it's more fun for me to see you know what what the players want to do or the crazy ideas that they come up with um which just an, it makes it fun and exciting for me too because then i'm like oh wow you know and then i get to you know add on to it feels like i'm playing it's just a different version of playing which is a uh, fun and exciting um but uh somebody had asked what um character creation was like and you know brad had briefly mentioned being a mage and i think if i remember correctly i said to you guys you're all playing knights um you know that when i originally pitched the show to everybody i said you know this is it you're all playing knights but then on character creation i said um there's room for uh like a traditional mage that doesn't do the sword and board but everybody uses magic so don't feel like you can't use magic if you're doing the sword and board um, and then uh, two of you are heir to the throne. And that's all I told them. And then they, I think you guys decided on the wards, right? Like together you were like, ooh, let's do two and two and we're gonna serve. Yeah, it was great. It was really, yeah. really cool. And it informed mm -hmm. like Din and their area that they're in. And then I went and I wrote, you know, um, history for the world around that. But yeah, um, do you guys so wanna, yeah, go ahead. It's not like a personal character hang up, but like I think as a member of the audience, one character I would have liked to see more of, or at least like, you know, given more opportunities to like explore them would have been Titus, just yeah. because they did seem to be very, you know, like uh, in general, Titus did have a very deep backstory and did have a lot of like things going for him and uh, a lot of adversary going for him as well inside and out of the cast because of obviously, you know, the whole, uh, you know, scene outside the cave or inside it, you know, and all that. Yeah, um, Johnny. Yeah, but like, um, one <laughs> thing that I noticed... Thanks for telling me, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was chef's kiss, but like one thing that really uh, I noticed outside a character was the subtle change, or not so subtle change, of his uh, character sheet title from um from Titus uh Vin uh Bringard to Titus the homunculus and it was one of those things where Lear wouldn't know you know what I mean like it's Did just I do that's that? just yeah Oops. like that was you yeah my bad yeah. my bad bro <laughs> and he was just Titus the homunculus and he'd been like that for like half a year but nobody had spoken to Titus deeper than you know you get to go and so if Johnny or Titus had anything under the hood there to like, you know, uh, show those frayed threads of him not being who we thought he was. I don't think the opportunity was there. And I guess Lear doesn't know Titus and Lear isn't part of that three, that trio. So even though I saw and I was like, oh, 
I see what you're doing, you little I, 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 I stayed back and I just would love, I would have loved to see where that would have gone if that was resolved later, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we needed more like, uh, more scenes with like that core group from mm. Britain Guard. Yeah, to kind I of, yeah. I think, I think we would have been able to get a lot more of the signs had we had those mm-hmm. of uh, Titus kind of feeling different in that way. I tried to throw some things in that you guys probably didn't catch, but they were very, very minute. Like I stopped the eating thing. Yeah. I stopped a bunch of things Mm -hmm. and I was like slowly hinted like, hey, I'm not the same, but it's like like, that's um, so fucking cool. Yeah. I I totally wanted to do um, because I was so concerned that everyone would think that this was just Blake. (laughs) And I was like, I have to show some emotion on this character, but I can't do it in these scenes in front of these other three people. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Yeah. I yeah. have to get them That was aside. the hang up. And I really wanted to do um I really wanted to do an Eru does the patch up the mum and dad relationship like or at least <laughs> take you both aside and be like Titus what the fuck is going on yeah. and then be like so he said this to me and just do that for like I wanted to do a whole episode where I was just quietly <laughs> grabbing one of you and being like what's going on with you right okay hold on and then going yep. back and then be like right, actually I remember he said that, this like what the fuck you see, I'm a selfish bitch so I wanted to try and patch it up or at least get some answers but like completely drop the Eru fear thing Things. This was like mm-hmm. way back in the beginning as well, yeah. and he was just like, "Oh my god, you guys, you won't believe what he said." Australia, <laughs> oh my god, sit the fuck down. Girl, I'm on your one. team. <laughs> yeah. He's such a bastard. Oh my god, he doesn't even give a shit guy. about you this whole time. <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I wanted to do it so, so bad, so bad. Like, should, it was it's so hard to find yeah. time sometimes because there's yeah. a lot of shit popping off a lot of yeah. time as well. It's yeah. like it's I hard to be like good to think show. I like to think I say, it's hard to be like I, <laughs> I, like to too, I mean not it's all the time like, I I'm angry with you Titus for leading my friend astray but also we the world's ending like we yeah. I, I can't do anything right now I can't like like be angry at you I can't yell at you or anything like that because like things are actively getting worse mm-hmm. and we yeah. can't like lose universes because you broke my friend I, I, so I felt like, the same way cool. there was, there, there was yeah. a bunch of points where I regretted that I didn't get at least one scene with Razroth to for Titus to say, "Hey, I did what I did because of everything that happens with the desiccation. I'd rather have Rhea live and me die, or me go to purgatory or this damn cave. But 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 you did this. Whether that's fair or not, obviously knowing the grand yeah. scope of the show, it's not. But I I regret that we never had that one on one scene as well with yeah. Razroth. Yeah. Titus. So that's when, something I would have Razzle done differently out. too. Sorry, you go ahead. Ooh. Yeah, because I was going to say, because when Razor found out, I had, like, Razor say, like, I understand, but I don't forgive you. And I said that fully with the expectation of, like, us being able to continue, like, navigating that. Because I think mm-hmm. it was obviously very clear that by the end of it, yeah. he loved Titus. It was very clear. But, like, I wanted to, like, show that journey of the forgiveness and, like, understanding and, like, still being angry and showing that it's still okay to be angry about it, despite having, like him having good intentions and it working as well but like yeah there were so many things happening they just didn't mm-hmm. there wasn't you know what we should have done weirdly small compared to and the this grand scheme been, what was happening wait wait probably. before brad you speak that's why yeah, i had right. Rhea say i'm sorry at the end yeah. because she finally understood yeah oh well oh. it's a fun story as well having the like the greater thing going on yeah. and also this personal relationship and, and how those two things you have to weigh up what's important 
But um, you know what we should have done is what we did with the Cerebrum project, where we recorded midweek shit. Yeah, yeah. We and should have done a conversation. Yeah. We should have done these campfire two, conversations that yep. were outside of the thing between the two actually. groups. That would have been so and good. And just be... Mm. And then you could have played them during the episode or in the, you know, The other thing section. that we could have done, and just to be clear, none of these are regrets. I love the show. I love the way that it uh, turned yeah, out. Same. But sometimes when you're, you know, looking at the end and looking back, you think, oh, maybe if I had tweaked this, like it would have, you know, provided something else. So I'm, I'm saying it from that uh, standpoint. But what could have been interesting is not going, the world is ending right away just allowed you guys like you know a couple you know sessions you know five or six maybe even before we do episode two right where garoon shows up um you know and allowed you guys to really get to know each other and only be worried about running from whoever was killing the king right which we now yeah. know was you know laz and them but um so mm. you know i could think have explored din more in that in yeah, that kind of in uh, that time period aspect as well I, yeah, I agree and I, I don't like though, think... just because the intro, I'm just doing it. Uh, no, but I, to count, to just play devil's advocate PB, I, I think the, the opening episode for an audience, at least, cause I, I wasn't a member yeah. of the audience at that point. It was so just you tune in and it's the battle of the bastards. It, yeah. It's that high yeah. intensity that, that, that for me, same. I was like, this show's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That would still be the same. It's just the first little while you're running from them. You're running from the cops gotcha. for the first like couple of weeks yeah. and you're hiding and you get to like have all that development. But but also at the same time, I don't know what that would have been like, you know, because the intensity was something that really kept that was really good about the show as well. So, yeah, it's it's tough. It's just one of those things that wouldn't have changed the opening at all. Yeah, that, that so premiere good. episode yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Oh, very, very good. I like to think that um <laughs> that uh pb said something uh, like wrote something about the finale which is this is our favorite version of the show and i like to think that in every idea that we have about the show there is a version of the show where it happened and that there is a continuous head canon of all of us building the show in our minds for the rest of our lives about all the things that could have happened or didn't or you know all that kind of stuff and what i love about it is that it's like it was a show but it's also a living thing that gets to continue on just as it continued on within itself legends yeah. legends are born um i think i think we've got one more question and then I'm going to let the cast go and I'm going to read you guys a thing um, for just lore purposes um, and wrap up. But, oh wait, two more. Sorry. Okay. Second to last question. Um, have you ever had a dream of yourself while you were in character in, in the game? Did you ever dream you that ever you were... Had a dream? Yeah. Have you ever that you were when you ever had it? That you wish you did yourself so good. Yeah. I didn't even hear the question because all I heard was that. That's what they say. Yeah, but like in my head. What was the actual question? Um. Did you ever dream? Did you ever have a dream? You were in character. Did you dream as your character? Like ever? Have you ever had a dream where you were your character? Like a wish. Like a wish as a dream your heart makes? No, nice Like question. that kind of thing? Next question. Yeah. No, no, no. No, okay. <laughs> I think my brain just shot. Uh, wait, no, I, I mean, Brad had lots of dreams about Razrog. You know what I mean? 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you? It's I actually did have a series of nightmares for a, for a while. I had a series of nightmares <laughs> mm. for a good oh, yeah. time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. When the, oh, my when God. The show for, when I first got into the show, I mean... I, I did some weird things to get into character. Like I was into Fae Cry like for 16 minutes on loop. I had it on a file on my iTunes that I would play when I was driving. Like I would listen to weird stuff. So like that all yeah, kind sorry. of convoluted in my mind. Johnny, yeah. Johnny before we the... had the reunite scene, like yeah. when we when you were getting tortured, the two of us, Johnny and I were actually t like writing out that yeah we're rewatching the scene right now. And like I'm like I'm trying hard not to cry, but like I'm supposed to hold on to this for the episode to start, and I'm just like. Like sobbing at my computer, like <laughs> Johnny's the actor on set who like is playing a cannibal Daniel and decided Lewis. to eat human yeah. flesh. Like just at the <laughs> bitch, bitch locked oh himself in his closet for how many hours, Johnny? Uh, it was too long. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think I made it like four. Oh, gross. It was a while. Gross. Anyway. Yeah, dude, that's... Yeah, no, I didn't dream about playing. I, I was wish... never wrapped up in my dreams. So. <laughs> a wish that your heart made? Like, like, did the characters have a dream no, for no. themselves have in the future? Have you had a dream you where you were Did you go to sleep and during yeah. that Stop time it. period? Fuck, Aaron, I, I had one. Oh I don't have Jesus. a dream, baby. I made my life, Jude. I'm doing <laughs> sword training. I have one. I'm doing that's fucking true. yoga. <laughs> there was actually one though. It was uh, I had a dream that I was like, and this was actually something I, I thought about doing on the show, um, that like it was just an, an entirely empty space, like it was all black, and the floor was just like all like water, right? Like it's like a layer of just like thin, like a thin layer of water, and it was like Estrella talking to the other Estrella and like having a back and forth dialogue. And like there was like some sort of a well or something. And I was thinking of like utilizing that well in some sort of like combat kind of variation to try to like pull from the well in order to like utilize it as like a level of power and maybe like have the double either disappear or have it like take over or some shit, have it become like, you know, um, its own entity in order to like fucking you know do all sorts of shit so that was actually a really a really weird one that i'm not sure what the purpose was mm. but it was a dream thinking on it i think maybe maybe travel just travel on the dalamiris just going yeah you know like uh three and then six nothing really too crazy uh, i mean if, if i if i think too hard on it i think i'll make things up but the, the travel thing for sure um, you know, just in the desert going from point A to point B, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's it for me. I don't make stuff up. <laughs> uh, and, but finally, do you guys have any, like, last thoughts or questions for each other or anything that you want to say about the show, um, before I kick you out? Uh, there was that oh, one God. question about, like, um, you know, character inspiration and vision boarding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't answer that one. Uh, so We're I on guess a different question now. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> no, 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 please. <laughs> I gotta know, Meyer, please. <laughs> uh, I mean, Lyra's uh, character design was basically um, Avatar Ang from the uh, comic books, like where he's like you know in his thirties. And I just said, hey, uh, Murgles, that's him, uh, but make him black and m <laughs> more, more me. Uh, do something about the tattoo on his forehead. I've gotten ideas for that. And then yeah, she she just did it off that. The, the character himself, the characterizations, I mean, like, uh, again, uh, 
Joffrey Baratheon tempered by two people who would basically make him a human being. Um, and then the way I do all my characters mostly, except for like a couple now, um, which is they are shaped by their environment. So whatever happens, so like, you know, he hates Seraphia because Seraphia did something. He, d he likes this because this happened to him. You know, he likes Paisa. He's afraid of a gluten, uh, you know, that Pisa. kind of thing. Yeah, I can't believe his Paisa buddy was a, was a, was a monster. Why you know? is it so dark? I, when I'm on my deathbed, I will remember that and then I'll die laughing. This is gonna be great. It was, it was so, so good. It was so good. good. God. <laughs> to touch oh on that, uh, when I started with Estrella, it was very much so like I was talking to PB about how I wanted her abilities to be akin to like Siri from The Witcher. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like oh. emotionally and like ability wise, she was a very much so a mixture between Yennefer and Siri. Um, because the Yennefer side of it was like that inability to like temper your emotions and control them, um, as well as like that kind of reflecting and you know her destroying the gardens at one point and things like that. So, a little bit of a mix of both. I but think also, that I love uh, you guys. Say Siri from your phone. I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Me too. I was like, Siri <laughs> from your iPhone 11. <laughs> That's why I said <laughs> my Apple iPhone 11. Apple yes. iPhone. <laughs> Apple iPhone 11. <laughs> I'm going to steal Trevor from her and say, I like to think that, uh, no, something that was really cool for me about this experience is typically when I write a character, I spend a long time writing them. I'll start a notebook. I'll start a vision board. I'll do a shit ton of stuff for months before I'm really ready for myself to play a character. And what was really cool about this experience was PB kind of was like, hey, do you want to do the show? And I was like, oh, my God, yes, please. And she put handcuffs on me and just pushed me into the deep end of a pool. Mm -hmm. And and they gave me s such little information, but it was the right information. They said, hey, we want you to play this character that has golden retriever energy. He's named, he's named after yeah. Titus from Final Fantasy, who I yeah. still don't know who is to yeah. this day. So I had to look that up. <laughs> And then, uh, oh, wow. and, and, and then, and then we open up Kurt and we open up curtain and PB goes, Oh, this is the scene where you die. And for me, it was such a cool experience to never role play as a character and go, this is your final moments. And I, Work I, backwards I, from there. Yeah. And yeah. And Faye could get emotion out of a rock, man. You could put a boulder in a fucking lone room and Faye could get it to role play with just the energy she brings and the, the whole cast brings amazing energy. But for me, that was one of my favorite parts of the show to just be like, hey, this is who your character is. And I like to think that Faye and especially Dracus Raz in the beginning part of the show crafted the character more than I did because their emotions led me to feel who he was. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of the show. It was a big honor to be a part of this. Thank you, PB. Thank you cast for letting me be a part uh love you guys and yeah smile random note before i start crying because that was uh, unexpectedly emotional um that was one take i don't think i ever told anybody yeah, that it was it, it was, was one first take, take. Did it one so take. <laughs> that was one fucking take that intro where titus and astrea die they did it one time and i was like well oh, that's that's great thanks guys we didn't write anything either no nope, it was literally it was just improv. like let's yep. go yeah yep. which Jesus. is something i really wanted to do for any of the scenes and all of the scenes with um the three bad guys that you know cord grenig um and trench did all of that was improv as well i basically just like set the teen the scene and was like go um, because uh, as you guys saw in the finale episode, it was important to me that every aspect be um, improvised as much as possible. So, um, and we managed to pull that off. So that was awesome. 
That's not easy to do, by the way. It's I fucking know. weird. You get chucked into a fucking call with whoever, and sometimes you don't know them that well, and then PB just goes, all right, do the best acting you've ever done in your life. Go. <laughs> and you go, <laughs> I, I love you, Australia. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you just have to go for it. And it is so weird to have to do sometimes. Wait. So it's hard. The thing is, too, the cool part about that recording, Johnny, not to like just totally fangirl over this. I didn't even realize at the time that like we were going to bring in Titus is like a playable character, right? I didn't But either. also that he would be some sort of arachnid kind of yep. fucking like spider theme <laughs> yep. character. And I opened up with what a tangled web we yep. weave. Yep. Like what the fuck? Did yep. you base that off of like the scene we had or did you just have ideas? Okay, so you did. All right. Yeah. You're a little shit. I, <laughs> I, I had to hold back a lot in the show as well. For example, the, the, the choke on Jude, the debt magic for Jude. I had that in my mind since since that recording and i went you you have to find a way to do this and i i wanted to do it so many times and i was like this is it and i was so glad i saved the finale and then there was one more when eru breaks his hand in new york he punches the ground and breaks his hand and we're all like panicking because he's injured and i promised pb at the start of the show because pb thought it was cool or, or at least mentioned to me she thought it was cool she was like it'd be really cool if titus could swing from webs and i was like pb i have a big yep. obsession with peter parker with spider-man yeah, i won't do York. it and that was the that <laughs> yep. was the only moment where i was yeah. like and then i <laughs> just grab air and i'm swinging through new york i i had to resist but i a lot of resist in the show yeah but what would what what we could have done is that you saw a comic and then you went, oh shit, I could probably do that. <laughs> and then you did yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Just all the ads oh, for yeah. for It'd be honestly absolutely hilarious if he was dressed entirely as Spider-Man because they didn't realize that it wasn't just fashion. Yeah. Everybody recognizes me for some chill. reason. They keep saying, yeah, hey, Spider-Man. Like, is that the brand of shirt I'm wearing? Kids I think I'm a celebrity here. Yeah. Pictures. Yeah. None of us even bat an eyelid. We're just yeah, like, yeah, like, we're yeah, weird okay, clothes whatever. here. It's kind of strange. Hey, can I take a selfie <laughs> with you? What? Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. sitting in a Spider-Man outfit. I'm eating dog biscuits. <laughs> God, <laughs> God. <laughs> the whole time in New York was wild. It was oh ridiculous. Yeah. I feel, I so think it was like a good chance to bring some like jokes and levity. I think. Yeah, there was yeah. another moment that was like insanely cool that I don't even think we were on screen for was when PB revealed to us. I wish like, you had been on screen when I told uh, you. Yeah, I, I thought oh, well. like you you cut away and then you had like New York play and you were like, you're in New York now. And all of us went fucking yeah. ballistic, eight, eight by shit, the way. Yeah. It was fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that we don't have that. I don't think recorded yeah, or no, whatever. We don't. I, I that was a really good moment. I really had under my hat too. I, and would you believe it? I was nervous to follow through with that because I thought you guys yeah, would feel you like it was that? jumping the shark. I had always planned on yeah. doing it. We but were I, always going to New yeah, York. Okay. Well, I mean, it was a potential. If you did the thing, it was always what was going to happen, right? And But I just, I thought it could happen episode five. I thought it could happen, you know, whenever. But it, there came a point in the show where I went, we've done a significant portion of the show where it's, you know, you guys are in Din and you're super into this, you know, Din and these characters. And I'm like... Do I do this now? Do I do I just jump the shark? What, what feels like jumping the shark for the players? Are they going to feel weird about it? But you guys 
the moment I was like, you guys are in New York and you just fucking lost it. I was like, yeah, that was the right choice. That's so good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, as we well. freed really the glutens, neat. man. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was really, I've really also good. been through Gone, so I don't think there's anything you can do. So I'm going to yeah, make me true. go, what the, we're what? We're what? here now? Okay. What the fuck? Well, I'm someone else now? New okay. robot Klepko! <laughs> yeah, I, I was so relieved. I used to DM so many members of this cast going, okay, this is what this is, there's a river, Eru's a, a, a triplet, are we in Gone, blah, 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 yeah. and then when we were in New York, I was like, oh, <laughs> finally. Finally, it's something I can Google, a Google map. The goo, which I now say now. Um, goo. Yeah, I do. I say goo in. Why did I fucking say that? I don't know, but it's perfect. Oh my god, dude, it was so good. Okay. I'm glad there you so all many... did because I I got to be Tim and be yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> why? No, you're the goo. Don't ever say that in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had one tiny little thing, and mm -hmm. it's absolutely an Easter egg that I don't think anyone in chat caught. And PB knows what I'm saying now. Uh, now that I mentioned that, somewhere in the show, actually twice. It was twice in this sh the show, right? I think you did it two times, PB. Uh, there is a Theo Easter egg. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Multiple times. Oh there is Theo's. At least twice. Theo's voice. Where? Okay. Yeah. Well, but you, they if don't you know. You want to go for it fully or yeah, not? Yeah, I'm going go for, for it fully. I'm... They don't because they don't know. They don't know. Um, so go watch it in Nocturne. There's a moment where Theo like looks up and says like, "What the? What was that? Did you guys hear that?" But it's to no one. And I put it in Kingmakers as you guys are walking through the woods. Yeah, straight up. You guys are walking what? through the woods, okay. and then Theo goes, "Wait, what? Did you hear that? Go find it." That was Theo, and he says the I same thing from Nocturne. Yes, PB responds like, uh, "Fuck you." PB, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was there like? I feel like at one point there was a gone reference to like Dex in this show. <laughs> was there? No, mm -hmm. I guess not. no, I guess not. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, also, I have a nice thing to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that. Anyway, because no one else is talking. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Like, how bad can you be at that? This is the reality of the show last week. I'm so sorry. Oh, that is me, as well. No, it's <laughs> such a good meme. Keep doing it. <laughs> Why is it funny every time? I didn't time? even do that on purpose. <laughs> I swear. Um, <laughs> I think I know. I realized about myself is that I'm I'm really good and for some reason really enjoy like painful goodbye scenes because I think I felt the most joy <laughs> playing Razov in Blaze when he was like he knew he was gonna die and was saying like subtle goodbyes to everyone and I really enjoyed that. And I'm realizing that I just want to play characters that will die. <laughs> I'll remember um, that. <laughs> I just like to play characters that kill my friends. I got Leah. I got Murgles. Oh. Faye's up next. I definitely thought Am one I? of you would oh, be yeah. dead before the end of the game. I definitely was like... I thought I was going to kill you. Well, so yeah. I was supposed to die, but then uh, and I, I was dead. I was like, I'm dead, guys. This is it. This is mm -hmm. the end. And then Aaron messaged me out of nowhere and was just like do you want to be something and i was like what did he say hold on i need to say it because it was it was perfect in my opinion um aaron is perfect in my opinion when, when, when does razroth eat you yeah. though <laughs> when does razroth uh, eat? hey i mean it, that changes cool things it. for me personally it does it does change things for me um okay hold on so what he, what did he say? 
he said something like, I have an idea, but of course it's, you need to, you know, say yes to this or whatever. And I, he said, do you want to be reborn? I will not do anything without your say so. And I said, it is not the choice of the born to be so. I trust you implicitly. And then I just let him do whatever. And so I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Sorry, but then what? when he was like, <laughs> when he was just like, he said, okay, I'm going to make you either a sun or a moon. And I was like, sun, because that is like the power that Lear works with. And that is like the, the whole thing there. Oh my yeah, God! It's the light. And so I was Jesus. like, I want to be the light that can feed Lear's magic. I want to be the light that Vega, that like grows Vega's plants. So that's what I wrote to him but about it. Vega and then the he... And the constellation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I Holy was just shit. like, okay, yeah, a sun, 100%. And so then I wasn't even sure that it was going to work out or what he was going to do. And then he just said it. And I was like, I guess I'm doing this. And like, PB had no clue. No clue. Like, None PB whatsoever. Was like, <laughs> and I felt like I was like, the, the only thing is that I know that PB, like everyone trusts Aaron implicitly. And I was like, whatever decision Aaron would make, I know that it would be the right decision. So I was like, okay, I'm down. Um, but yeah, I was like fully committed to dying in the app and then man it was cool yeah anyway, you actually I wanted to say yeah I, uh, <laughs> sorry please continue mercs no, no 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 go 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 <laughs> um yeah i just uh a couple of questions about the end there you had approached me right before the finale and said that you wanted that end for jude right just so people don't yeah. think i like tried to kill you on purpose but no for sure we left it open either way of like well it could or could not happen. So when she says she was supposed to die, I think that was just what she was hoping for her character, but it wasn't oh, ever yeah, anything yeah, set yeah. in stone. Um, I knew, I we talked about it, and I was like, yeah. I'm going to fight to live. Like, yeah. I'm going to fight Titus with the intention to live. Um, but I know that Jude has some debts to pay, yeah. and it just makes sense to me. Um, it just made a poetic sense to me for her to, for her to die. And then... Uh, all the roles worked out that way so i was like this is just it guys like we're we're done you know um yeah anyway i just want to say thank you this show it, just to end off on like what this show means to me um this show is like incredibly special to me and will be for the rest of my life and uh i know that we're all bashful about saying these things but um it's truly been like a hallmark hallmark moment in my creative aspirational life living experience on this planet um and i'm incredibly grateful to be here and thank you all for allowing me to talk your ear off this entire time <laughs> thank you for throwing yourself down the stairs of couple days before the finale so that you can have welcome it. it was so yeah. i just knew it was gonna slap so yeah. hard yeah. to just come back with that full shiner yep Let's do a final round of shout-outs before I take over and um, answer some more questions from the chat and read you guys something. But yes, I'm going to let the cast go first. So, hey, you want to start? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Phelan. I played Estrella. Um, what a journey, man. Thank you guys so much for being along with us on this, uh, this crazy little thing. There are a lot of things that we wish we explored there are a lot of things that you know we wish we could have put in but there is just so much amazing content in this whole thing that uh i think that if you haven't fully watched it go back and watch it. it's a really great show all these people are amazing i love you guys i'm sad i'm not gonna be with you all on tuesdays anymore but uh i know you're gonna do great things and uh yeah 
uh, I'm on Twitch and Twitter and stuff. Same name as uh, in the description and what have you for this, so. And a new show. Right? Yeah, oh God. I was like, wait a sec. Jesus Did he really Christ, it was, I was like, there was an announcement. Was it okay. okay. It was announced. It was announced. Oh. <laughs> Cast the announcement. You're good. My soul left my yes. body. <laughs> I know mine did too. I was like, wait. <laughs> Fucking deer in headlights did. Was that released? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whoo. Okay, yeah. Um, Dan and I are going to be in a new show soon. That's it. That's it. That's all we get to know. So f join the Discord. Join the Discord. I'm going to say it multiple times more, but yes. Thank you, Faye. Drac. Or no, wait. Yeah, you guys got to pass it. You've done that every time. Sorry. Drac. <laughs> okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be me anyway. Um, well, I think we broke the, like, the streak of me going first every single time, so that's cool. Um, but I'm Drac or Draconics. You can follow me on Twitter at Draconics. That's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-E-S. I do a bunch of streaming and teach RPG stuff. Um, the only thing I will share is that tomorrow, I'm over on Captain Robear's channel. That's Captain R-O-B-E-A-R. Um, we're going to be premiering the Pathfinder 2nd Edition campaign called Stormforge. And I'm playing the only non-spellcaster in the whole party, which is going to be fun. Um, but yeah, check that out. I'm going to be playing a, a real himbo. <laughs> I'm going for himbo energy with this character. <laughs> so yes. I don't have to that changes like, something for me personally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm gonna turn my brain off now. Thank you, uh, Brad. Take it away. Uh, um, yeah, this was a great show. I really, really enjoyed it. I know how difficult these things are to um, to put together. So you did really, uh, really well, PB. And uh, lots of cast members is a whole extra element of. Uh, difficulty um, and to have something so coherent and bulletproof uh, which is a show that is also works in another greater universe and in conjunction with other shows is uh, fucking impressive it's it's so much harder than you could ever imagine um, and I can only say this now because it's in the context of PB but I think anyone that's ever GM'd a show um, anything at, at this level of quality um, from conception in PB's mind and then gone through Nocturne and all these other elements and then bringing it round to like close it off again um, and have it just remain at such a constant level of incredible quality um, really speaks to how good you are at this and how creative um, and uh, excellent you are at GMing and producing and directing and everything and, and that you know, everyone did amazingly on this show, and I think every single person here role-played the fuck out of this show. There were moments in this show where I was like, what the fuck, how? <laughs> like, these people should be on TV, and I just, sometimes I feel like, I'm like, I'm like I should not be here. <laughs> like, there is no way, like, I can't act next to some of these people. Um, but the whole thing was just so well made um, from the top down, PB pulling it all together and, the, the lore and everything is insanely complex and insanely cool and interesting all the way down to all of us little idiots role-playing um on a personal level it was uh, uh just so interesting to play this kind of a character um and i won't go into it too much and it was nice as well to to um 
to let myself explore love in this character as well like it was quite a weird place to be in when you're going through a breakup and then fall in love in roleplay and then allow yourself to sit and think about what that would mean to this character and let yourself explore love um, in this kind of a setting and this um, uh, show so it was really uh, a, a, a really interesting journey on so many levels and I think the whole thing is fucking impressive and everyone did really well thank you everybody who watched it as well I'm, uh, I hope that we did it justice for you PB and for everyone watching um, I loved it love is a ring that's it from me um, let's pass it over to Leah before she falls over <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. It's a good job it ended last week because <laughs> I had the worst COVID <laughs> and I've not recovered yeah. since. Um, but uh, I don't really have anything new to say. It was an absolute privilege to be a part of a, uh, a show like this and a PB show in general. Like, to um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was how it's so hard to improv on the level that you see on like the shows like gone and everything and to have gone into that and watch that and be like oh, okay now we have to do that like is horrifying it's it's so scary but it's so challenging and that's what makes it such a fucking joy to do um and for pb to create an essentially a sandbox an entire playground uh, and guide you in doing that and in discovering all those things about the skills you have and uh, the people you're with is phenomenal so um yeah thank you so much to the cast as well you're all fucking incredible like it was a genuine pleasure every week um you're all superstars um but yeah i have played vega and uh, my name is leah l-e-a-h full as easy nice cool all right maya <laughs> hi my name is maya and um like uh i guess i kind of blanked out during the whole like uh goodbyes because this is a last episode of kingmakers i mean like uh, what can i say it's been a a journey a voyage and um i have loved every single moment of it i have loved the anticipation of every single episode i have loved the on the fly just imagination that everybody has and everybody has put down in their own way it's been so cool to be challenged by all of you in your different ways and i i love you guys you guys are amazing this isn't the end obviously it's just the beginning of yet something else something new something different and I cannot wait to see what it is you guys all do, you know? I, um, yeah, 100%. Also, without repeating anything else and without keeping this thing too long, I'm Meyer. I played Lear, but my name is Meyer. That's four letters, M-Y-R-E, pretty simple. And uh, I guess the next one is uh, Murgles. I, like I am Murgles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do the exact same thing. I needed that. I needed that. That was hard. Uh, symmetry. <laughs> um, I'm so glad. Uh, I like to think that I'm Murgles and that I played Jude for you. Um, on this show, I've talked so much this up this uh, Q and A already. I feel like I've rambled uh, endlessly, um, despite interruptions. So I will also uh, try to keep it short. Um, this is the best. I say it every week. I say it all the time, but it just continues to be needed to be said. Uh, you can find me on Table Story on Thursdays for Ashes of Ariador. Uh, and that's really, uh, that's it. Thank you for having me. This is the absolute best. And I love you all. Thank you so much.
Mur- Murgles, you didn't you didn't pass it on to en- anyone. Um, Drac. Yo, you already I went. Already went. <laughs> Faye. Faye already went. Johnny. <laughs> we were doing this whole blackout. Just, I mean, I, I think it was just Leah. I didn't get in me. So thanks, y'all. What the fuck? Um, Brad, don't leave me. PB. <laughs> I like oh, to I'm think. Sorry, PB. <laughs> what? I like to think. You know, it, it's the end. It's the beginning. You know, so sorry. Past is the future. Um, I like to think that I played Titus for you guys on Kingmakers. Um, if you want to see me be other characters, you can find me on my channel and other places. Um, PB, thank you for sharing your genius with us. It was truly an honor, and I will cherish this. Um, to the rest of the cast, thank you guys for uh, providing a space where I felt I could be myself and have fun telling the story with you guys. Love y'all. Dan, you and me. It's it's us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Mystic Dan. I think you all know me at this point. Uh, it was lovely being able to play out my fantasy of being Bob from Dresden Files. I wanted that so badly from the very know, beginning, and, it, and it I'm happened. so glad it worked out. Yup. Uh, and I'm but, glad it was uh, you. Can I say that? And can I say something stupid yeah. that I didn't realize? Do it. But somebody yeah, mentioned it. it. Um, you've been in every single thing I've ever done. I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah uh, rule of threes. I got to be here from the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. So uh, thank you, PB, for involving me in this yeah. wonderful that trilogy. Jack, Astrea, connection. And yeah, yep. that, yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been good. It's been a journey, uh, and I'm excited to see what you do next. So. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'll see y'all uh, on the other side, I think. Uh, okay. I was not expecting that. Uh, I'm going to shout out Aaron, who had to step away uh, for a bit. I'm also going to shout out John Sandman, Cord, Trenchmouth, and Grenig. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but I'm sure I am. Um, but those people were also in the show, voices that you heard, characters that you saw towards the end. Um, we're not quite done yet. I'm not quite done yet. We're going to let the cast depart now. Um, I'm going to read you guys some uh, lore bits. I'm going to answer any final questions that you have. Um, and then uh, the the thing that I can say is um, please follow the Discord if you want to um, the, keep an eye on the system when it comes out, the other world of Din. Um, Fudge has made a an album version of the music for Kingmakers, so keep your eyes in the Discord for that, because it's very good. Because um, he made basically underscores for me that I could loop forever, but he went and he made an album version for you. Uh, so that will be something that uh, we're releasing as well. Um, and now, yeah, I'm going to read you some stuff. So Cast, if you're still here, you don't have to. You can go ahead and dip if you like. Um, thank you so much for... Oh, nope, because I have a thing I have to read. Thank you. I love you. Um, and I know this isn't the end of the stuff that we do together. So, okay. Those things. Now, I want to read you guys something. <clears throat> Hold on. Where's my bull? I, this has got to stop because it's going to kill me. Awesome. Cool. Are we ready? Because I, 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 I hope so. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> 
Is this what I want? This'll do. This'll do. Okay. <clears throat> One third of Brad's insane requested lore dump that will end our friendship. How do I preface this? I don't think I can, really. All right? Basically, Brad came to me at one point and said, PD, I need to understand the, how, the, I need lore. I need to understand how the world works if I'm to play this person who knows everything. And I'm like, wait, wh what do you mean you need to know how magic works? And he's like, the fundamentals. I need to know the fundamentals of how magic works in this fucking system of yours or this world of yours. And I was like, I don't think you understand what you're asking. And he's like, I need this. This is what I want. And I'm like, okay, I guess I will write the fundamentals. Here are the fundamentals of how magic works in the other world of Din. <clears throat> I apologize, this is liter- I literally wrote this for Brad, I expected no one else to read it. Alright? There's a list of like, top major mysteries of physics. They are, one, dark energy, two, dark matter, three, times arrow, four, parallel universes, five, the fate of the universe, six, quantum entanglement, and seven, entropy and chaos. This is how this begins. <clears throat> one, dark energy. We think we know these things. One, gravity pulls things towards itself. Two, a black hole has an extreme force of gravity that pulls everything toward it. Three, we're pretty sure there's a black hole at the center of the universe. We're confused as to why, if all of the above are true, the universe is expanding away from the pull of gravity, especially because principle number five that we know is gravity is limitless in its reach, apparently. That's number five. One of the most popular and widely accepted theories is that dark energy is just an inherent property of space itself. It has negative pressure. Just by being space, it makes holes in itself, pushing things away from it. But remember, we don't know what dark energy is. We know it makes up 70% of the total content of the universe. I think that's changed now. I think it's 80%. But when I wrote this, I think it was 70. <clears throat> but we can't see it. And we don't know how to look for it only to see the reactions of what it is affecting and that it is responsible for the accelerated expansion of the universe somehow. Is it possible this is another universe or more than one? If entropy only increases, then the more energy is produced in all of these universes, the longer the universes exist and the more of them are created, then the faster the end of the universe approaches, in theory. Two, dark matter. Dark matter makes up about 27%, to put it in perspective, everything we have ever observed with all of our instruments, all normal matter, makes up less than 5%. <sighs> the most popular theory at the moment is that dark matter doesn't reflect or emit light that we can see or detect because it doesn't appear to interact with the electromagnetic field. There's a new theory that I like a lot, but it's not my favorite. I don't know what the fuck I was talking, like, remember I'm talking to Brad here, okay? <laughs> There's a new theory that I like a lot, but it's not my favorite, but it's that dark matter forms streams, like finely, oh, now I know why I told him that, right? Because of Final Fantasy VII. Like finely grained streams or hair. The earth might even have these emitting from it. The new discovery that black holes are leaking data out of them instead of just sucking everything in supports this, I think. Three, why is time an arrow? If time is a dimension like left or right or up or down, why can't we go left or right through time? Why are we only going in one direction? We don't know. Four, parallel universes. This is the idea that every time a decision is made, everything but that one quantum particle is the same. And that happens many times infinitely. 
From that decision, the changes ripple outward until it branches again with another choice. Astrophysicists, upon crunching numbers, etc., think the universe might be flat and that it goes on forever. And so our universe is just one patch in a large multiverse quilt. This is not the case in Kingmakers, but we'll get to that. Five, the fate of the universe. Depending on how the universe is shaped, since we don't know, if you're curious, there's a math variable that we know exists, but we don't know what it is. Similarly to dark, manager, uh, dark matter or energy, let's call this a variable M for mystery. We know it's in the formula, but we don't know what the number represents. We think M is the density for all matter in the universe. So if M is greater than one, the formula math tells us that the universe is a sphere. I hope you guys followed that. <laughs> uh, it could be closed like a sphere. Therefore, if there was no dark energy, that universe would eventually stop expanding and start contracting, eventually collapsing in on itself, AKA the theory that exists called the big crunch. The universe breathes in and out motion and time would actually flow backward during that contraction. So if the universe is shaped like a U, M would be greater than one. Wait, yes, M greater than one also. Then what's gonna happen is that as entropy maxes out, work, and I'm using air quotes for those listening like a podcast, work basically equalizes at sub-zero Kelvin. It's called the big freeze. So basically time stops because there's just no work left available to do things. And then I put in parentheses, work is what physics call the actual energy cost of one thing changing or moving. Work is the force that causes the movement. What a stupid thing to call it. But if I understand it correctly, if you think of it like air or another fluid, it needs a place of high work pressure, like a starting point and a place of low work pressure, the point of the thing being moved. And in the big freeze of the universe, all work stops because the work pressure is equalized and can't flow from high to low. So nothing can be pushed or moved and time stops, everything stops. Alternatively, if the universe was a pool table, the work is both the cue stick and the ball you're hitting and the object being moved is the ball you're aiming at. And at the end of the universe, it, according to the big freeze, you can't move any balls by hitting them because the whole surface of the pool table is full of balls. Nowhere for the cue stick to fit, nowhere for the balls to go. Cool. And the fun thing about that is that after it freezes and time stops, the acceleration of the universe would just tear everything apart. So it would freeze and then explode, aka another theory called the Big Rip. And that last one, and the last one is that the universe is flat again, the multiverse quilt. This would be in the math formula M equals one, in case you were wondering. And the theory there is that it would just expand forever, continuing outward, but continuously slowing down until it reaches a standstill. Eventually, the dark energy would push it so far apart that it would eventually explode. Pretty much everyone agrees the universe is dying, but we're not sure how or why. Mystery number six, quantum entanglement. One particle can affect another particle if it is quantumly entangled with it. We knock particle A over and observed particle B fell over for no apparent reason. This information exchange can happen universes apart. So to clarify, it's not actually like you knock something over and then the other thing is knocked over. It's more of an information exchange. So, but for science fiction, it's fun to kind of extrapolate and expand on that. Um, divination magic, is it limited to the same universe? Could you be divining information from another universe? Einstein calls this spooky action from a distance, and I think Blackbird might at some point as well as a fun nod. Mystery number seven, entropy. Why is there order in chaos? Why is entropy constantly increasing? Why are we moving toward chaos? 
Why were things so ordered to begin with? Now that we've briefly covered these unsolved mysteries and our understanding of the universe, I posit that the universe is torus-shaped, like a donut, and dark energy is the quantum particles created by parallel universes. In this theory, M could be greater than one, also less than one, and also equal one. All can be true at the same time. Or possibly it doesn't even matter because donut shape is sphere, saddle, and flat all together. I literally then have a fucking diagram like a psychopath. Why is he so friends with me? I don't know. Um, so it's less a donut and more an inflatable tire because it's hollow and the universe is both inside and wrapped on the surface. Possibly the inside surface, possibly the outside surface. You guys are going to have to imagine this. I'm so sorry. So in the sphere, but really donut universe, it would look and act to math like a sphere while the outside of the tire expands. I'm going to repeat this because this is nuts. If, okay. So imagine a, um, do I have anything that will not handy oh oh my god moogle okay all right so imagine a sphere right so we've got the outside of the sphere but also the universe could be shaped like a u right if it's only you know like the top bit it could be a u right but it also could be a plane if you're on the plane because you're not going to notice the curve just like we are on earth we think it's flat but it's not right okay hopefully that was helpful Okay, it's less a donut and more an inflatable tire because it's hollow in the middle. Uh, the universe is both inside of it and wrapped on the surface. Possibly inside the surface, possibly outside the surface. So the sphere, but really donut universe, would look and act to math like a sphere while it's expanding. Okay, until you get a fat donut that can't expand anymore. And that goes back to like the big rip and shit. Um, okay, anyway, back to the mysteries of the universe and how they're solved by the donut-shaped multiverse theory in Kingmakers. We'll get to the fat, tired donut later. One, dark energy, and two, dark matter. So instead of the par parallel universe being patches in a flat quilt, which is um, uh, Marvel Universe that uses this theory, the flat quilt multiverse patch quilt theory. That's what they do in Marvel, if you're familiar with Marvel stuff. Um or stacked on top of each other, but overlapping. What if they are the dark energy that we can't see? And as time goes on, more and more universes are created every time a quantum entanglement occurs, AKA decision or a diverging choice. And that's what's pushing everything apart, literally. They are why the universe is expanding. Every decision we make, literally and figuratively, this would explain what dark energy, what dark matter is and why we can't see it. Not because it doesn't emit or absorb light, but because we're looking at it from the edge or from the edge on. If we could see it, it would just look like a line. I hope this makes sense, LOL. Three, time is an arrow. This also explains why we perceive time one way, because now time is a dimension on that torus that is extremely affected by gravity. Time is only moving in one direction because it's all getting sucked into the inside of the torus donut. We're all affected by gravity, its reach, and its pull is limitless and endless, right? So we just see the effects on such a minute scale that it's barely observable. But we know galaxies are moving, that the universe is expanding. It could also be true that the universe is expanding and contracting, breathing, but it just doesn't go back the way that it came when it contracts. It goes on the underside of the donut. We would still perceive time as linear in an arrow, but it's actually going backwards. Now, what if the contracting and expanding are happening simultaneously? Oh my fucking God. 
the life flashed before my eyes when you die is actually you glimpsing the underside of the donut. Why didn't I cut this out? <laughs> Brad, did you read this whole thing? Five, fate of the universe and seven, entropy. In this theory, the fate of the universe is all of them and none of them. The sphere will expand outward until fat tire donut, where the donut's hole can't move into itself. At this point, the outside of the sphere would keep going out, being pushed out by more choices, AKA quantum entangled data points, birthing more realities and more dark matter or energy. The tire is being inflated suddenly so much faster because the inside is not moving. So for those that perceive reality as a flat plane, the plane options rely on how fast alternate universes are created by the diverging choices, creating new dark matter and energy. So the dark energy universes are pushing the outer edges of the plane out, but at the same time, the tire is expanding, right? So if the plane grows faster, it will eventually wrap around the tire and go under the donut, forming an inverse U. It will expand indefinitely until the outside rips open or the inside becomes so dense it starts pulling the outside back in. That explains both the big rip and the contraction theories. Or the plane could loop around and go under the top of the donut again. The plane universe could swing around the center on repeat, but it would still lose speed every loop until it can't pass the gravity of the center and thus explains the big freeze. Seven, six, six, quantum entanglement. At the smallest fundamental particle level, a particle can be anywhere and any when until it is observed and the waveform collapses. If that's true, and the basic elementary particles can be anywhere and any when, why is anything solid? The answer to that is the other particles observe each other. The more of them that are together, the more they have to follow the rules. They literally police each other. And that is how the laws of reality spring about spontaneously when we get too many of them together. And I wonder, if this is just a gradual sliding scale, or is there an event horizon where you finally reach this many particles and suddenly it switches on? Like, or perhaps we're being observed. Is this where simulation theory is born? The conclusion we, and that's just the idea that we, you know, lots of people feel like, you know, we're living in a simulation or we're being watched or being observed. What if we are being observed? And that's why our reality is solid. What the fuck? The conclusion we draw from this is that any particle that is not currently being observed can do whatever the fuck it wants, as long as it's isolated and not being observed. Could chat equal dark matter? Or are they the observing effect? How do we even know dark matter is there? Because we can see the effect it has on the matter around it. So Urafira and Jude can't perceive the audience, but they could theoretically perceive the effect chat or the GM even rolling has created. Random example, the premiere, when viewer numbers are highest, the roles were the worst. I'm not saying this is the case, but there were so many examples of this that could be used and make fun for uh, science fiction fodder. This also means any magic Eurofear does off screen could be weaker or stronger because it's without the observer effect. Uh, the big holy fuck of this theory is if the universe is torus shaped, dark matter and energy are parallel universes quantum entangled particles are overlapping each other and pushing each other apart, how do we prove it? We can't. Because the moment we prove it, we're observing it, and the waveform collapses. The moment the waveform collapses, m equals 1, or m equals less than 1, or m equals greater than 1. One of those things becomes true, and now we're stuck with that being true. All the other particles will now police each other. So... In theory, 
when scientists are like, oh no, the earth, you know, the universe is a flat line quilt. We've done mathematics that show us this. They've observed it. And now the reality is like that. And then we've got another reality where they're like, no, it's a U-shape. It, it, now it's a U-shape, right? That's, that's the implication there with that idea, which is super cool. Weird ramblings and analogies you probably don't need to read, but I'm including anyway. Um, uh, conscious universe. Oh my God, Biz. Biz Cotto. I forgot Biz. Remember when I was like, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone? Biz, the first person I asked. Okay, sorry. Biz Cotto, please. I love him so much. And he did everything for me that I asked him to do and more. Okay, anyway, sorry. <clears throat> Weird ramblings and analogies you probably don't need to read, but I'm including anyway. Conscious universe. So it's like the universe is playing that child's game, red light, green light, and we're facing the other way, trying to make calculations based on the shadow that we see on the wall in front of us, cast by the universe behind us. The calculations say one thing or multiple things. It doesn't matter, but we get frustrated and turn around to get proof and the universe freezes in place because we're looking. We can take as many measurements as we want and be triumphant that we now have proof that the universe is standing on one leg in a T pose. So we turn back around, start calculations on the shadows again, knowing that the calculations will work if we account for the universe standing on one leg in a T pose. But for some reason, the calculations based on the shadow of the universe one leg T pose don't work and we don't know why. Well, that's because now that we're not looking again, the universe could be doing a handstand. The other point is that the dark energy, the decisions that cause quantum entangled universes to be created, the quilts pushing fabric away from themselves, they're formed when a decision is made, right? Well, when any decision is made, really, aka when a waveform collapses, which means what? If they aren't being watched, then they have no reason to be fixed in place. Right? If they aren't being watched, they have no reason to be fixed in place, but they are fixed because reality exists. But we've been observed and now when you turn away, when you aren't looking at it anymore, all the particles will police each other to stay that way. So what is watching them? Could it be other universes? Other data points? What if when you are imagining what would have happened to you if you had done X or Y, you're not imagining, you're catching a glimpse, you're observing another reality and collapsing that waveform. So early on in the universe, before dark energy reached the event horizon, your choices may have been more in flux because other realities, choices, or quantumly entangled particles were so far apart, but they reached a population point where they're constantly observing their peers. Honestly, you could argue that this was the point at which reality was formed and not a moment before. The moment is when the universe became aware of itself. And that's what reality is. A conscious universe watching itself. Parallel universes aren't next to or on top of each other, but overlapping, which is what we're playing with in Kingmakers, where one will leak into the other. You know, the Mandela effect, the Berenstein Berenstein Bears. This reminds me of the shitty superheroes where someone could turn invisible, but only when nobody was looking at them. I wish I had gone through this before I started to read it to you guys. The theory of Garoon. We're all falling through time in one direction. We can't even look behind us. We can only remember what we passed. That's important. We can't look behind us. We can only remember what we passed. Garoon has learned to look back. 
And then she learned to look forward and left and right, and then learned to fly. In Stygian and Nocturne, there are two Garoons. Well, originally infinite, but we'll get there. One in charge of the Rangers of One, and one in charge of the Rangers of Many. This theory means if they can look back, they can observe each other and collapse the waveform, eventually leaving only one Garoon. But right now, there are two fighting against each other, but trying oh so careful not to directly observe each other. They can only survive by hiding from each other. Perhaps they are willingly at an impasse of sorts, because otherwise they both die. To see is to be seen. Your fear could potentially mirror this and that would be dope. These are just notes I sent to Brad, Jesus God. Rangers of many basically want to leave the universe alone. Who's to say it's actually dying? We don't know what's going to happen at the big freeze. It's the natural order of things, so we're going to leave it. If it's a breath, we could just be waiting for the next inhale after the exhale. Rangers of One basically want to trim the fat of the timelines that are similar enough that it doesn't matter, and I am using air quotes for these, if they are culled. This removes dark matter, dark matter and dark energy and slows the death of the universe. They don't want simply one universe or one reality to rule them all. Their main theory is trimming the fat to slow the heat death of the universe until they can figure something out. In Nocturne and Stygian, the lore was that to become a ranger, you had to hunt down another version of yourself and kill it, the quantumly entangled part, um, or a group shaped like you, destroying it so that it can no longer affect you and so that they stop pushing you apart. Now, this is talking about the fucking molecular level. Um, the more of you there are, the more of you overlap the U-shape in the universe, and the more of you that is pushing outward. So the more of you there are, the more you are contributing to entropy and the death of the universe. If the Garun of Many does this as well, she's either a hypocrite or she's the shepherd of the quantum entangled parts that the Rangers of One are hunting down. Super interesting overlap of determinism and fate here because Rangers of Many basically have no choice because they are being directly affected by their quantum entangled other half, which is actually trying to destroy them. I like the idea that Garun of One will probably seem villainous and evil, but is potentially actually preventing the death of the universe. And the Garun of Many, who shelters the rangers hunted down by Garun of One, is kind of like an anti-vaxxer Garun, directly contri contributing to the death of the universe, but will probably be seen as a good guy by the audience. <laughs> this is just notes that you guys get because it's the end. How do you get to Fairyland? There's a lot of literature on reaching other dimensional fictional fantasy places, Narnia, Neverland, Fairyland, etc. And they all follow this weird, do this random movement and then you're there formula. Go around this rock three times and suddenly you're there. First star on the left, straight on to, first star on the right, straight on to morning. What is actually happening is you're walking up a dimensional fucking staircase that can't be perceived. So to us, it looks like you're just walking around a, walk, a rock three times. Wow, that was, could have written anything else, peeps. But when you come out of the staircase, you're on the dimensional third floor and everything is different. And when somebody's standing on a landing looking down at those who can't even see the staircase, we can't perceive up and down. All that someone can do is be heard. This is Garoon. She can perceive all the directions, but the characters cannot yet. So all they can ever perceive is her voice, which is why I was off cam. Peekaboo, a mage's rant? We think babies don't understand the world. It is not more correct to say, is it not more correct to say that they have forgotten when they reach adulthood? It takes a mere three months for us to lose our understanding of quantum mechanics and a lifetime or more to try to understand it again. An infant watching you take a pee from under a blue cup and move it under a red cup may still look for the pee under the blue cup. 
Oh, how foolish they are. The adult laughs. The babe watched you move the pee and still looked under the blue cup. <laughs> but the babe knows that the pee, once it's under the cup, now that it's not observed, that pee could be anywhere, anywhen. It's the adults who don't understand. Once a baby reaches three months and plays peekaboo for the first time, watching with anticipation as a face is hidden, knowing is unseen, yet still there, knowing it will be revealed again, understanding object permanence. This is seen as an achievement, but the indescribable loss this truly is, as we strive to master what babies before three months intuitively grasp, quantum entanglement. Uncertainty principle. Three months to understand how reality works, that a thing unseen still exists in that place object permanence. This lingers throughout childhood, of course. Any child knows that a monster can't find you if it cannot see you hidden under the blanket. That once you're unobserved by the monster, you could be anywhere. But any adult knows this is patently ridiculous. Of course, you're still under the blanket. And of course, monsters don't exist, right? Again, a lifetime to unlearn the lie. And that is why you may not watch me cast my magic. Magic is shy, you see. It is limitless only while unobserved. And yet, even alone, your spell still acts as if it's observed. What unseen audience watches you cast your spell? Remember, you can't see it, but you can still see the shape that it's making. The monster knows the child is there, even if he can't see it, because the shape it's leaving with the blanket. I don't know why Brad's still friends with me. <laughs> it's 12 pages long. <laughs> he asked me for a fucking, how does magic work? And I sent him theories of universes. Okay. My God. Oh my God. I, listen. I don't know if, Biz, are you still here? theory of magic and just shouted Biz! I had to watch videos about quantum physics too. Ah, oh God, I woke up while listening to this and my mind is blown. Yeah, so anyway, that was it. That's what I wanted, I wanted to read to you guys. If you observe Biz, he will be here. Oh my God, I feel so bad. Ah. Um, yeah, object permanence. Obscurance as a rogue fear. You can't see me, so you no, no longer know where I am. Yeah, quantum mechanics is magic. Quantum mechanics makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you clarify? So the Rangers of One want few universes of similarity. Yes. So basically, like, if you've got, you know, you've got... Think of it like a tree, right? So you've got so many different branches on the tree. They don't want just one tree trunk, right? What they're trying to do is basically you've got a branch that has a bunch of little things on it that come out and they're like, this reality is literally the same. It's just one thing happened differently. Somebody spilled their coffee, you know? Because it's hard for us to conceptualize. If this theory is correct, it's infinite, right? There's just so many universes where, you know, you forgot your car keys that day. Nothing else changes. You're just a couple minutes late, but then everything blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, there's that. Um, so they just want to trim the ones that are close so that it's, you know, that it slows the death of the universe until they can figure out a better solution. But yeah. Anyway, that was it. And I'm, I'm going to go jump off my balcony because I forgot Bizcotto, the first person to record anything for me ever. 
he did the voice of the old man throughout the entire thing until Aaron showed up. Best monologue ever. Non-divergent timeline. The group of universes all have the same daily conclusion. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 not really the Garoon of one, of one but the Garoon of, like, just a few. <laughs> Uh, but that doesn't sound as cool as the Garoon of Many and the Garoon of One, okay? God. Anyway, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I can't believe I forgot Biz. He's gonna kill me. He's not even here anymore. Biz, I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you for being my old man. Oh. Anyway. This is really just PB advocating uh, for the Garoon of just a few. No, I wrote this ages ago. Um, can, yes, this is perfect. So this is how I'm gonna end it. Can you describe the next show you hope to run in one word? I definitely can. Blade Runner. Thank you guys for watching all my shit. I really appreciate it. I love you very much. Follow or join the Discord for updates on the, the system. I'm going to continue working it on it on Tuesdays. And I'm trying really hard not to cry. We're going to raid somebody right now. Oh, I know exactly where we're going. We're going to go say hi to Elspeth, okay? All right. I love your faces and your butts. You guys are the best. And I'll see you for the next thing. Hello, this is Pumpkinberry, but you may know me as Narrator Vindin. Thank you so much for tuning into this story. If you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate and review. It really does help us. And for more content like it, you can visit our website at tablestory.tv. You can also find easy links to follow cast members and tablestory.tv Discord to join our active and wonderful community. Once again, thanks for listening, and Kingmakers returns next week.